0: hey everyone and welcome to comics from the multiverse episode 196 i think uh this is a dc comics podcast i am peter uh not here unfortunately Is matt he is uh out of action this week but he did send in uh, thoughts and pretty much everything that he read uh, with ratings and his rankings and all the rest of it so we will hear uh in spirit from matt yeah, him. but uh connor is here
1: yeah yeah i'm better than matt anyway it's fine
0: i don't know if i to go that far but uh yeah so we wdc comics every week coming up on this week's show we have an insane list of comic books to work through uh so we're going to be talking about leviathan dawn issue one you're the villain hell arisen issue three action comics 1020 batman superman number seven batgirl 44 justice league dark 20 shazam 11 suicide squad 3 amethyst issue one assuming you read that I did, yeah. yeah I, I didn't, but... <laughs> I'm
1: I'm, I'm going to have to give it a skim while you do something else, though, because it was, like, the first thing I read on Wednesday because I was excited.
0: I, you'll have chances. I, uh, literally, that would have been my 13th book, I think, if I'd read that. So, and I wasn't that, that excited about it, so I just didn't read it, but... Uh, I'd have given it a chance if I had less books, but, I mean... There was a lot of books. There was a lot of books this week, yeah. Uh, Dial h for Hero issue 12, Far Sector number 4, Batman Curse of the White Knight issue 7, Basketful of Heads number 5, Patreon books are also here this week because we're idiots and didn't do them in quieter weeks at the start of the month. In Uh, in my
1: defence, I read mine last week. The show just ran so long. mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we have Red Hood 41, or Red Hood Outlaw 41, sorry, uh, that both of those are doing because David's a, 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 a menace. He's full and, and
1: vicious bastard.
0: And is making me do it again this month. Uh, American Vampire issue 4, and Undiscovered Country issue 3, uh, or is it 4? Is it 3?
1: I'm going to have to check now because like I said I read it a week ago
0: maybe issue 3 uh, but yeah so that is uh, that is all the books that are coming up on this week's show now it is worth mentioning we're actually running a little bit late in recording right now so because of that uh, to save some time I actually recorded my my thoughts on two of the books that Connor didn't read in advance so when we get to Leviathan Dawn in Action Comics don't worry that Connor disappears and it's just me that is intentional if it
1: makes you all feel any better I wasn't going to say anything anyway
0: yeah, I mean, I to take you word, but uh, that's why that happens when that does, so uh, it was just Did, save did some you time. remember
1: to read Matt's thoughts on BuzzFeed? I
0: did, I did, yes. Uh, uh, I had to have someone to talk to, Matt's uh, written thoughts were the, the only <laughs> thing I had going. So uh, so with that said, uh, there's a little bit of news to get into first, not not much, uh, no big bombshells at last week, but it's something related to last week's news is that this was breaking right be- well, it was right before we were going to start, and then Connor. Was delayed for an hour. <laughs> uh, there were circumstances. Basically, uh, there was a panel at C two E two. Now, one of the other bits of news here that I had was that the uh, meet the publishers panel, which Didio and Jim Lee always do with the the publishers, as the title would suggest, uh, got cancelled last minute, right before the conference or the right before the convention. I'm sh- I'm shocked. Yeah, not a big surprise, but Jim Lee today. Possibly still right now, depending on how long it was lasting, still had a spotlight panel for himself. And he did speak at that. And the big thing that came out here is, at least for the time being, there are no plans to replace Dan Didio. Jim Lee is the sole publisher right now and will remain so for however long. Maybe, maybe, maybe they re- are going to replace Didio. They're just not going to rush it. They're going to say, oh, we'll, you know, we'll replace them over the next year. You know, We'll find someone who's good for the job and do it that way. But... At least right now, Jim Lee is sticking and he's the sole publisher.
1: I think it's an inevitability. I actually did a bit of reading uh, this past week over what Jim Lee's side of the job tended to. Because technically, you know, they had the same title as co-publisher and they could have both worked on the same sort of things, but they kind of divvied it up. Um, Jim Lee was actually much more involved in the other media projects. So he was spearheading. Uh, starting off the TV projects and then hand them over to Johns and movies and video games. He was involved in all of that side of things in animated projects.
0: Well, it changed as well because as I understand it, the, the first several years as co-publishers, the, the attitude was basically always described as who dealt with the writers, Jim Lee dealt with the artists. But that changed when Jim Lee became CEO when Johns get sort of kicked out of that position when Warner Brothers were taken over by AT&T. Yeah. Uh, so, it was a bit murky. But it clearly his role right now is changing to cover the books because someone has to. He's the one who's there with that job title. So,
1: yeah, uh, I mean, well, the other option is, re- realistically, the other option that, that we could see is either Jim Lee obviously does more and picks up the slack that on that side of things, or... Uh, Bob Harris does more work, because obviously he is still editor-in-chief, so if, if that's he That's gets- possible,
0: yeah. Uh, I actually did hear from... I, I listened to a few podcasts this week and did a bit more reading this week uh, about the... just the you know, the, the reasons why Didio may have been gone. It was mostly just what we'd already heard. Uh, you know, the the workplace environment wasn't great. Um, What's was What was a really interesting point someone uh, mentioned, though, was that the workplace environment wasn't great, but that's why... All the creatives were all being really positive about Didio on Twitter because they're not employees. They're in the same way that people who are the editors are. They they are people who are freelance who come in and do you know do a book. They don't work in an office with Dan Didio, but notably and maybe maybe they're just not allowed to. But there wasn't any like editors like group editors from DC said, "Hey, no, I I love working with Didio and he was great these last several years and it's been nothing but great experience."
1: Yeah, it is possible that, that, you know, there there was an email sent around going, hey, none
0: of you say a damn thing. Oh, it's very possible, yeah. Uh, Because obviously they can't really do that with the freelancers. But uh, I... uh... If, if there, but there are so many stories about a hostile work environment uh, and how how sort of a creative, like, control freak Didio was uh, that all the editors might have been driven nuts by that and that was making them... Because there's, there's been enough of the editors that have left over the last decade to sort of give that some credence. As, there was
1: like seven in the last six months.
0: Exactly. So if that's not a pattern, then I don't know what is. And then the other thing that I also heard, and this is really interesting, is that... So an article went out this week. I think it was on The Beat... remember something else uh talking about and i heard this confirmed sort of from other sources that 5g obviously to us has been pretty confusing because we don't know exactly what it is there was you know the early rumors that came out saying all the heroes are getting replaced but it's been a pretty confusing thing it's like is it really changing everything is it an event is it like a, a, a complete shift like a sort of new 52s thing what exactly is it what the the buzz is this week from multiple people is that That confusion is not just for us. That confusion was also internal uh, with the editors where they didn't really know exactly what 5G was going to be still and that's actually part of the the problem here Um, and something else that was pointed out to me this week which I actually think is a really good point is that you know stuff was getting really bad sales wise at the end of New 52 you know by the time DCU as in YOU came out uh, things were tanking sales wise and Rebirth reinvigorated a lot of this. But it's worth mentioning that rebirth wasn't Didio's thing; that was John's thing. John's kind of like enforced that as CEO at the time. Uh, mm. So the one big thing that sort of like put put them back in the right direction over the last, you know, several years wasn't even Didio. So when you add all this up, it kind of starts to make a bit of sense uh, from a from a business perspective why they're they're making this choice.
1: Yeah, it's a sort of thing where you know when when it's confusing to us. I can defend that because they hadn't said anything. That's not their fault that we're confused.
0: It was just rumors. The problem is, is that the people internally feel the exact same way. <laughs> that, that's a different problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, yeah, it's just not just that it was confusing. It's that like no one really wanted to. Like again, this is all just kind of like scuttlebutt and like rumors and whatever. But. This, the the feeling that's going around is that the creators weren't really excited about what five G was going to be. The editors weren't really excited about what five G was going to be. It was really the, the the one man at the center who was like determined to push this thing through. Uh,
1: yeah, and obviously, obviously, this was like breaking news last week when we were talking mm-hmm. about this. Still, yeah, well, I mean, within the last day or so, and and there was a lot of confusion. Um, I am seeing things this past week that five G is still going ahead as of right now.
0: Here's the thing, I, I don't think it's gonna be what it was though. I I think we're gonna get these generation one shots and it'll be like a nice like this established the continuity in the DC universe. But see whatever was planned for what five G was at the end of it. I don't th- I don't think what we're gonna get we'll get we'll get something called five G. I think because everyone knows about it, they're gonna put out something called five G. But um, in fact, there was already rumours in the last couple of days that creators who were working on books coming up have been told to uh, to, to just like, quiet down like the, the teasing of 5G and like, the impact that it's going to have. Like, you know, don't lean into it too much. So, I think there'll be a thing called 5G, but I don't think it'll be whatever was going to be 5G when Didio was in charge. I think it'll be this just an event or something. Or Yeah, something. what
1: I was seeing is in terms of covers, it was all about the timeline. That was the whole point of 5G, yeah. right, is nailing down this timeline. And the changes they're being told are kind of be, be a bit more vague with it. Don't give everything specific dates in, in the way yeah. that we were expecting. I wonder saying, yeah, the one shots are still all happening for sure. Yeah, I feel like they can still,
0: you know, establish a timeline. Maybe not get it specific with dates. Maybe like, make it a bit more vague in that sense. But I feel like they could still do all this, and it just and all this, the only thing they have to do is not do the thing at the end where they go into the new generation where everything's changed. That that's the one thing that I think will have changed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. That would be my guess. It's a little disappointing from our perspective. Right? We were kind of looking forward to something fresh. Not necessarily, oh, we want everything to change, but the the idea of this kind of well, I mean, fresh point. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, or if it's just been delayed. Maybe
0: we we could no, we could get like a, a kind of an in between thing here, where they still kind of treat it as, as like a sort of rebirth esque relaunch, where a lot of books, you know, new creative teams and books, they sort of treat it as a big thing. But it's just not. Hey, look, Fox Batman and Cassie's Wonder Woman and. You know this and that, and all these other big ramifications that are completely altered everything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I maybe they'll still treat it as like some sort of you know initiative, but not what it was going to be. Um. So, yeah, more on this, I'm sure as, as it comes. Uh. But th- I mean, a lot of that was rumors, but I'm hearing it from multiple sources. I'm hearing it from people who do actually have like
1: contacts and stuff like that. So things where there are a track record of yeah of being not always right, but in- the thing is, when it comes to rumours and stuff like that, when there's people who are right 80% of the time, the other 20%, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying that they might have been right in that moment. What they were hearing mm. might well have been true as of the time they heard it, but plans changed.
0: Actually, on this subject, <laughs> and that's why it makes one thing perfectly clear, because I, 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 I think this was after this, the show last week. Um, there is no credence to any buzz about rumours of DC either shutting down or being bought by marvel or any of these ridiculous notions as uh, there's, there's been some great like threads on twitter kind of explaining why this is complete bullshit i'll just put it this way anything that comes from i think it's cosmic something comics or some of that the website's called uh, yeah. th- that is a comic gate website that just makes up rumors It is completely meaningless uh, do not adhere to it in any way shape or form
1: yes i, be- I believe it was evs himself that started this
0: yeah, and no. that's
1: the primary source for all of this bullshit because that's what it is, it's bullshit
0: which is not a source, it's just someone making something up uh, so don't listen to it um, DC Comics farms out so much IP for Warner Brothers that they would be absolutely insane to consider closing it, I would not worry about it. there is no credence right now as to any of this, now in five years' time, if they suddenly shut down DC Comics, it doesn't make any of this right. It just means that it's happened for other reasons. But there is no credence sure. right now to shutting so down what, DC Comics. The thing is
1: that people overlook when it comes to like the the amount of IP. We we thought, oh well, yeah, well, you know, they they could make a loss on everything every year, and but then oh yeah, they they get a Batman story that gets adapted later, and bang, there you go, money more than covered, right? Um, but you, you've got to remember, on top of just the core things like that, we're to, you've got. All the uh, animated films, the adaptations, they're getting more and more recent stories as they go. Uh, for the most part, they're getting quite, you know, quite recent stories that they're taking from the, the, uh, the DC animated movies. And also design work is something that I think is overlooked a lot. They have to pay costume designers and things like that very little in terms of coming up with these things because they've got tons and tons of design sketches ready-made from comics. That they can just use for any movie if they want to, and that would save so much money.
0: Yeah, I bet. I don't think the animated movies are at the top of the list as to why they're valuable, but
1: I think they're pretty profitable. Those animated movies, they're profitable,
0: they, but they're not like. I mean, weird. what's profitable? A billion-dollar Joker movie is what's profitable. That cost almost nothing to make. That
1: that is the profit right no it is it is uh, here's the thing even if they even even if they hire out the or you know loan out the, the rights to let marvel publish the comics they're not giving away the ip they the, for the film rights they're still going to keep control of that um, um anyway
0: the, the big thing is is that i saw i saw some some someone broke down the figures on on twitter uh, in a really good thread it was uh basically it cost dc or it cost warner brothers rather about 10 million dollars to run dc comics a year and it makes Far more than that, like, like it, you know, like as much as comics is a small industry, and and licensing deals alone for people to make things based on DC Comics, it makes a fortune off of DC Comics. So don't, don't like, why, yeah. Why
1: would they sell that? Like, I, I think licensing out the comics IP is statistically more likely, right? Than than the you know because they're not going to sell the entire division because obviously, you know, we're talking about merchandising rights and and movies and stuff like that. But even that's still so unlikely. Uh, yeah, it's... And this is, this is... We're ending
0: this conversation right now because I'm not giving any of this credence because it is completely nonsense and don't believe a word of it. So, uh, moving on, just a little bit of news here. There's going to be a Lock and Key and Sandman Universe crossover. <laughs> Why not IDW and DC are teaming up for this? Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez. I have to imagine that Joe Hill, be, you know, writing books at DC and also writing Lock and Key at IDW is why this is is a possible. He's he's probably brokered this uh, idea. I think
1: so. That said, DC have been pretty good with IDW and Boom over the past, you know, five ten years of, ah, yes. you know, doing these crossovers in general. So this isn't like out of the
0: blue. Star Trek, Green Lantern, Power Rangers, Justice League, things like that. Yeah, they've got. Ninja Turtles, Batman, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the news. That's the news. So we'll we'll get into the books because we do have quite a lot to uh, to get. Well, just to...
1: Uh, one other little bit of news um, that I did see is uh, Kevin Smith's uh, I don't care. Uh, Batman. Well, people do Th- that. He he is actively working on that sequel to uh, Wide Ninja. Uh, it will happen at some point. I
0: forgot that existed. If I'm completely honest,
1: <laughs> that's because you're a terrible person with bad taste.
0: <laughs> I think not liking uh not not liking Kevin Smith's actually saying of good taste. Thank you very much. Uh I, I question your taste.
1: But anyway, Lots of people like Kevin Smith.
0: Unfortunate fact in this world. One of the many things that needs to be rectified with uh the coming apocalypse or something, I don't know. Alright, uh, let's go to some books. So I'm going to be talking about bit on my own, Event Leviathan, Issue 1. This is Brian Michael Bendis writing, of course, with Alex Maleev on the art. This is uh, the one shot in between the previous Event Leviathan series and then the Leviathan Checkmate series, which is coming up soon. Same creative team. Uh, this is very much Issue 0 of the next book. It has the kind of the assembly of this new Checkmate team. Uh, King gets Steve Trevor out of prison we have the jail cell that he's in, Uh, there's some Leviathan set up, Leviathan, uh, you know, as in the leader Leviathan, he uh, teleports away someone who's kind of starting to disagree from within the ranks and talks about how they have to look strong and, you know, how he's not kidnapped anyone, he's, you know, invited everyone to be here and they all believe in this. Uh, And then, you know, we set up a couple of other things, Uh, Lois Lane goes to Coast City to investigate this Leviathan ship that's crash landed, uh, and I say crash landing it feels intentional that Leviathan's put it there um, but we have Steve on behalf of Kingsley going around and collecting various people that he's recruiting uh, he goes to Arkham Asylum in Gotham to get Bones and they're talking about Bones and they're not sure if he's awake or not I, I, I give me a little chuckle actually uh, when Bones is like I'm up um, he's you know it's like hey, I have trouble telling and he's like yeah I get that a lot but so, so, some fun stuff here. It, it, uh, the colouring here is pretty good. Uh, the way it kind of, like, that, you know, when it's in the Arkham basement or whatever, it's all this yellow kind of low glow in the background. And then when we go to, let's uh, actually say where this is. I presume it's Seattle because it's uh, Green Arrow that we're going to. But uh, I could be wrong. But it's all these blue backgrounds. and uh, Green Arrow's actually got a really good entrance here. It made me really miss the, the Green Arrow book that we don't have right now because... It felt like it really treated him like he was a big deal, and there's like a sort of silhouette of him up in like the the rafters of this uh, shipyard, and then he comes, you know, down and starts dealing with the uh, the the Leviathan sort of soldiers that are kicking around, um, and he takes takes a bunch of them out, and then Steve shows up to talk to him, as does as does Bones. So the teams kind of forming throughout the issue, uh, and then we get the question: Who's in China? Um, asking uh, various questions of of the soldiers that he's beating up, uh, and then it cuts to Manhunter, as in you know Kate Spencer, Manhunter waking up in the back cave with Damien, and there's kind of a a fun awkward apology here from Damien because Damien was like determined to like put her down when he thought it was her, and that was clearly kind of Le- Leviathan's plan was to make someone like Damien suspect her, uh, and Kate kind of goes into mum mode because she has a mom and she's kind of t- talking to Damien in that way. Uh, so it's kind of a fun little sequence in that sense and then we go to the Iron Heights where Steve again goes to pick up uh, the next and I think final recruit of the issue which is Talia who of course is the most uh, hostile uh, t- towards this idea uh, tries to throw a knife at him uh, is pissed that Leviathan has been taken from her and all the rest of it uh, but you know like they, it feels like they need her so that's why he's there uh, so yeah, we get this roll call page of, uh, so it's even though it's like, obviously it's manhunt, manhunter, but it just says the hunter, and then Steve's the colonel, Green Arrow's the arrow, uh, Lois Lane is the truth, uh, Talia's the wild card, the king's obviously the leader, uh, you got the question, who's just, the, I mean that's just his name anyway, <laughs> and then you got the bones, which is, you know, uh, bones, so... Uh, And he says, welcome to Checkmate. So this this is very much, like I say, the zero issue to what this next series is going to be. Um, The art is beautiful. Uh, Surprisingly, no one. Alex Malieve doing great stuff. Uh, Very consistent with the previous series. Uh, Great shadow work. All the colours are just beautiful. It makes every character feel like a big deal. You know, like sometimes you don't see characters like Bones or even Green Arrow in books. Even in Green Arrow's own book, you know, he had great art for a long time, but towards the end there it was a bit more kind of just house style and Bones kind of pops up with that a lot as well whenever he does. So it's really nice to have this this great sort of you know A tier artist kinda of like treating everyone like they're like they're worthy of like the best looking town. And uh the big thing here plot wise at the end is that Leviathan have purchased Markovia. And Marcovia. Is now Leviathan. Leviathan have a country, and they kind of talk about how, from a legal standpoint, now if they attack Leviathan, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a legal and a diplomatic nightmare. It's a, you know, it's so very interesting. Obviously, it's it's not, a, it's not a stretch to think a little bit of Doctor Doom's uh, Doctor Doom's country. God damn, it, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, clearly I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan, but... very shades of that, in that sense, but, you know, Leviathan has a country now. They're part of the world stage, and that's kind of what Leviathan was talking about earlier, about, like, bringing them to the centre stage and making sure that everyone knows who they are. Uh, after the plan previously an Event Leviathan didn't go exactly as he wanted. So this is kind of the big power play, the big statement of saying we're here, and... Yeah. So, that's kind of the big thing. Uh, and Leviathan even releases a, a statement. Uh, saying we're here, uh, and we are Leviathan. It's basically basically you know it ends with him saying all this, and we get a shot of the city or the, the 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 country at the end with all their ships sort of flying around, and yeah, he makes a big statement about fixing the world and fixing the system and the corrupt systems that have poisoned everything and yada yada yada. Uh, it's very very good one shot. It's it's one of these things where like part of me's. Maybe it'll feel really distinct when we read the Checkmate issue one and read that that next miniseries, but part of me wonders why this isn't just issue one of Checkmate. Because uh, it feels like it, it could be or be issue zero of Checkmate, which is why I'm calling it issue zero, because it's not issue one, obviously, because there is an actual issue one. But it does very much feel to me that this, it could just be the start of that miniseries and just have that be a seven issue miniseries uh maybe it's because there's like a month off between them i think or maybe two months off before we get to the first issue of checkmate maybe that's why this is a one shot because they wanted Maliev to have a couple of months to get ahead in the rest of it uh but then again like why not just hold this back for a little bit and then continue from there uh they do reference that superman's identity has been uh you know revealed to the world uh when Lois shows up in Coast City, the guy's kind of like, oh, I know you're busy, Miss Lane, and... But he mentions that he calls her because there's no agencies picking up anymore. Like, Leviathan kind of t- took them all out, so no one is there to respond to, like, requests like this. So, you know, it's a, it's just a neat little bit of continuity between the books. You know, Bendis is obviously making sure a lot of his stuff is syncing up between all of his books at the very least, even if the DCU as a whole is kind of in a weird place with that stuff, but no very good uh so i will tell you what matt thought of it actually because matt did send in his thoughts which i'm sure i've said already uh earlier in the podcast which i've not recorded yet <laughs> but of course he read event leviathan he cares deeply about uh this book uh so let me see see what this is uh, so that's yeah leviathan dawn did i call it that at the start of this I, I keep saying event leviathan i'm not sure if i actually said leviathan dawn at the start of the intro now. Uh, so this is what Matt said. Exactly what I want it to be. It feels like the pre-New 52 DC connected universe that I missed when Argus became a catch-all. Classic Bendis with the dialogue. His green arrow is perfect. And the screen uh, with Kate and Damien is, the, is pretty entertaining. I assume that's maybe scene. Oh, it is scene. Yeah, he's just swapped the scene. So I read that as screen uh, sort of filling in an R to make it look right but yeah scene. uh he sw- oh sorry he swapped the, the E and the N is what I meant to say not that this really matters to you <laughs> uh says wonder if Markovia being sold has something to do with uh, Kingsley Jacobs if he's not 100% new my bet is is that he's King Faraday or King Brion slash Geoforce uh, that's an interesting take um I haven't read Checkmate uh, the previous stuff yet so I, I don't know if uh how much of a pie in the sky idea that is Um leaves art is next level uh the coast kit city scene with all the green is a fantastic touch which i actually just mentioned as well uh so matt gave that a 9 out of 10 i have to agree with that and give us a 9 out of 10 as well i think it's a a really uh exciting book that's kind of continuing the threads of event leviathan but focusing honing in even more on these other characters that aren't batman and aren't these you know uh regulars. There's no no Batman or Superman here. This is purely the more detectivey characters with the addition of Bones, which I love because Bones is great. I'm always down for Bones. So nine out of ten for me as well. So that'll take us on to Year of the Villain, Hella Risen, issue three, James Tyron the fourth with Steve Epstein and Javier Fernandez on the art. I have to be honest, like I'm barely even noticing Steve Epstein art in here. I I don't know if it's because he's drawing to match Fernandez or or
1: just I'm a... noticing it on certain pages. Uh, like, certain moments, but not a lot of it, I agree. I don't know if it's different inks, colours... Because Epting's got such a distinct
0: style that I I do find very noticeable. And, I I mean, the cover, the main cover is definitely Epting. I can recognise it, like, immediately. Uh, But so much of the actual main issue, like, I'm not not seeing it. Uh, But, yeah, so what do we have here? We have uh, the the captured Lex, this... uh, these newly infected Justice League members—you got Hawking and Dove and Booster Gold—that was kind of the big cliffhanger. I did kind of like Gordon here talking about how how they have a joke in the the, the Gotham Police Department about you know you know what would happen if Lex came to Gotham, uh, and tried his shit here, and he said the punchline was always you know Batman will beat the piss out of him. <laughs> I you know I got a good little chuckle out of that um
1: yeah i like the reason as well like you know alex always he, he, hes so complicated and complex and does all these overcomplicated gimmicks that it's just, batman just punched him all to do the job sometimes
0: yeah uh so joker shows up and of course joker was you know requested mercy went to go retrieve him in the last issue Um yes. and You know, I will say this, I mean, not the entire issue, but there was a lot of dialogue here from the Joker that I really liked, and I think there was something about it just that it felt so Mark Hamill to me that I was, I mean, I often, like, hear his voice when I'm reading Joker dialogue, but I was really hearing it, especially early on in this issue. Uh, Yeah, when he comes out, it's like, is this the gift shop? Yeah. But, uh, and the full page of him just spraying a machine gun, laughing maniacally, is a pretty good page. Yeah, I do really
1: like that page. That was a page where I'm like, that's an epting page. Yeah, that is epting. Is this, but, it was this, that was the one where I'm like, Oh, no, that's an Epting page. Yeah. Is that the only page you did though? <laughs> well, was, what are the, like moments where I'm like, Oh, that that's an Epting thing, but okay. that was the big standout.
0: Okay. Uh so Joker comes in and kinda uh saves the day for Lex and Joker's got this teleporter that shows up, uh who he then tells to teleport somewhere else multiple times and then kill himself because they can track the, the teleportation. Uh but yeah, Mercy's pissed, Uh, the Mala and the Brain, they're they're in a cage. Uh, Joker's been awful to them. Uh, you know, it's a whole thing. All this is going on. We haven't seen Mala and the Brain in so long, and
1: then this is all we get.
0: It has been a while. It has been a while. Batman who laughs obviously is gearing up. Uh, Lex is trying to play you know Joker again. Hey, you don't want Batman who laughs to win or get away with this, right? Like you, you, you hate him uh and that has been consistent through this and we see the batman who laughs has got uh got this monitor here in a test tube uh and i I, all about i'm not i mean i'm kind of sick of batman who laughs i did like the line he's got here though where it was it says um i'll teach this universe what a crisis really feels like i'm like oh that's that's a pretty intimidating line in dc
1: comics (laughs) it is and and obviously knowing that we've got a death metal coming up which is for all intents and purposes kind of going to feel like a crisis again I assume yeah. like the first metal did
0: I mean this uh, is I mean for all but, intents and purposes I feel like this book is just a prequel to that that series Uh,
1: in in many ways it's weird that this isn't Snyder that this is you know it, it's, it's capping off stuff from his Justice League run mm-hmm. but it's before his death metal stuff which is going to pick up on the other half of those threads Uh, it's kind of weird yeah But, I mean, Tynan often does, like, Snyder,
0: like, fill in chapters, (laughs) like, that's kind of... It does, it does. They obviously work very well together and have done for years. Yeah, we get our first proper look at Punchline. she was, like, teased, of course, in that last Batman issue, uh, but we see her here. Um, And we're, you know, teasing what she's going to be like, and she's kind of more of a a, a stone-faced Harley. You know, she's not wisecracking like Harley does. She's more straight-up Assassin-esque uh at least yeah. from the clips we've had so far
1: she doesn't do a whole lot here she's just kind of a little bit of muscle
0: yeah uh i'm getting the vibe that's what she is though uh lex kind of turns back into normal looking lex at the end here um because she, she sends mercy off to, off to get the rest of the people to go meet him at the, the hall of justice he shows up in his giant lexo suit uh and his team show up to help fight uh the batman who laughs like dark army and we get all these little teases of people, all these various villains joining in, and then the final full page reveals, you know, in full who they all are. We got Lobo, Captain Cold, we got Oracle, we got, uh, uh Mecha Manta, which, I mean, it doesn't justify all those you the Villain tie-ins, but at least it does something with those, like, because, I mean, I've read most, I mean, not the Lobo stuff, admittedly, but, like, Cold, Oracle, and Mecha Manta, I read all the stuff but on the in those series with those people getting these extra toys and stuff, at yeah. least it's paying off somehow.
1: It's true, and I'm pretty sure that's Clarion there. Uh, oh, the yeah, right. One. I think so, yeah. And, and he was in Justice League Dark for an hour. Oh, I, was, I'm for, for, some,
0: for some reason, I miss Grundy, who's right in the middle of the page, but Grundy's at a...
1: Yeah, also was in the, the Justice League Dark. Actually, now that I think about it, those two did leave together at the end of the arc. Maybe uh, they were taken by Lex. I don't recall exactly, but there was definitely you know, those two there. Hmm, okay. So... It's
0: an okay issue. Like there's
1: just some little things in there like I,
0: I like some of the stuff that it's teasing. Uh as per usual though I'm not a big fan of Apex Lex. But it's well told enough for what it's doing.
1: Yeah. Well by the way it was these last two pages, the double page spread of like well not spread, the double page of the uh you know the the, the fight between various heroes and villains and then the final, you know, full page of of them. Mm. Uh th- those two are the other pages I'm like oh those are acting. It it definitely felt like a step up from a couple of pages before and ali fernandez
0: well enough but i feel like the, the, his work working this book felt a little rushed. So I, I wonder if they were really struggling for time uh on this series
1: i think it's likely because obviously we were always told this was just going to be epting and that was what it was solicited as i think originally uh maybe this individual issue wasn't but definitely the event as a whole was supposed to be epting so i do wonder if it was kind of a last minute all oh, right, quick get someone, and Fernandez can churn it out nice and quickly and somewhat match Epting's style.
0: Yes, I completely agree.
1: You do. You, everything I said was very rational and logical, and you definitely agree.
0: And I had a cat thing to deal with, all right? I had to run off and the okay, cat thing. Uh, so I see what Matt had to say about Hell Arisen. I really hope Punchline is more of Joker's Mercy Graves than Harley 2. That's a good comparison, actually. Uh, the art, while well, I enjoy both artists, doesn't flow well. I think Titan's is great at pulling the You're the Villain characters like Oracle, Mechamanta, Zombie Grundy and Clarion and King Cold into making this event seem but not really like it matters the more. That's kind of what we just said uh, yeah. about that, those things. But I, I do I, I do like that it at least did lead to something. It's like, because I was, I really thought that they might just never be relevant to anything after those stories that tied in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At least they're somewhere.
0: Yeah. And then the final thing says I hope Pete enjoyed reading Batman Who Laughs and Apex Les face-off. Oh, and then... Well, it wasn't really Batman Who Laughs and him... Well, it was, it was at the end, I suppose. It but, was at the
1: end, and that's what he's talking about, yeah.
0: Yeah, Joker and Lex I actually kind of liked. Uh, to be
1: fair, the, the Lex and, and Batman Who Laughs, their face-off is, like, three lines, and then it gets into the fight. Yeah, there's not much there to to annoy me, so... There's, there's literally, Batman Who Laughs, Hi Lex, long time no see, Lex's reply... Batman Who laughs says one more thing and then, you know, Shazam starts the fight.
0: Yeah, but I agree with him on the art, though. I mean, I like both artists. Obviously, I, I, mean, I love Epting's art, but I don't think it flows together very well. So, nice. um, Matt gave that a 7.5. Matt
1: um, is a very generous man.
0: <laughs> he is. I, I would go with uh, probably a solid 6.5, I think. <laughs>
1: um, I feel like I gave this a 6. So I'm going to go with a six.
0: You give it a six. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So back to me
0: myself again. Action Comics 1020. Brian Michael Bendis writing. And unfortunately, John Romita Jr. Still on art. Uh, and the art is obviously garbage. I'm sure Matt's got some hot takes. We'll get to his thoughts at the end of this. I, like, it's, it's not the worst of his art of these last few issues. Like, if the last issue was like a one out of ten, this is like a 1.5 uh, in terms of the art. Uh, not talking about the story but once again this is kind of flashing back uh, to explain more of the fight that's happening in metropolis you know we, we started several issues ago of this big fight happening and we see the justice league kind of get their asses kicked last issue flashed back and explained how leviathan got involved with the villains this issue goes back and explains how young justice got involved and why they're kind of lying around <laughs> when they're all decimated um you know what i take it back I, don't, I can't say this art's better than the last issue, because I just remembered the worst thing about this, and it's how the first the first panel, is it the first panel? Yeah, the very first panel in this book is a shot of Young Justice, and Naomi, I don't even, I can't even fathom, like, how anyone thought this was okay. Like none of them look good, but Naomi like has like just the glowy hexagon on her shoulder, and then the rest of her body is just looks like, sh- just like grey lines going horizontally. Like none of her chest design is there. Like she has a shoulder of a costume, and then the rest of it is just it, it, nothing. Like it's nothing, and she doesn't even have any like anything in her face. Like she has like a a straight black line as a mouth. And like two little lines of his eyes and that is it. Like, it's, it's like... Yeah, this is Garby! <laughs> it's Garbage! Garbage, I tell you! Garbage! Uh, so, they're, they're hiding out at the, the Hall of Justice, uh, waiting around, and I think this actually ties into Young Justice because they are on their way to uh, the Hall of Justice or, the, you know, because the Wonder Twins, this dimension that the Wonder Twins asked them to wait uh, out. Superman shows up looking god-awful, uh, as everyone does in this book. Uh, no one worse than Naomi, though. Naomi looks absolutely terrible in this one. Um, and, you know, it shows you some more of the fight. You know, Leviathan blasting Superman and, like, him, like, you know, flying around and trying to avoid fighting. But we keep cutting back to, like, him with the Young Justice and the Young Justice go inside with them. And what's the the probably the most interesting thing that's going on here is that Superman kind of meets Connor Kent for the first time. And because he's like, oh, I know some of you. I know, I know Tim Drake. I know uh, Cassie, but and I know, know me, obviously. But he says to Connor, like, I don't know you, and he's, you know, he does some extra vision on him, and he's like, yeah, you actually, you're real. You, you have Kryptonian biology in you, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Well, to me, well, I guess it kind of does. Like, because Superman remembered pre-Flashpoint. He remembered all that stuff. But I guess when Superman Reborn happened and the two Supermans merged to create, which was essentially the same as the previous Superman, just it, it was it was almost like classic Superman just absorbed New 52 Superman and that was it. It didn't really feel like he kept much of the New 52 stuff, but I t- I guess when that happened he did lose his memory of the stuff from pre-Flashpoint, so... Uh, We have this kind of weird first meeting of Connor Kent, Uh, and you know, did they kind of like use that to their advantage where they're flying into battle again? This is like further back in the battle than we've seen before. Uh, But he, like, did they kind of count on like, oh, you know, Leviathan and Luther and all that are expecting me, and Connor's like, yeah, but they're not expecting two of us. Uh, So that's kind of a big moment, and they're kind of like, you know, one of them's like, are you sure the Superboy was off Earth? And he is obviously referring to John uh so and you know some action happens it's flying around um some other awful art on this is the villains again uh there's a one face from sinestro again i just like you don't even recognize like it took me like 10 seconds to really think about who it was and go oh it's sinestro uh it's the page where grog's kind of holding superman up by the cape and oh, no it's not that one it was before that there was one that was worse that one's bad don't get me wrong but there was one that was worse <laughs> it's that kind of book uh it's that kind of book. Oh, where is it? I'm trying to find it. Not that it really matters. You know, it looks awful. It looks awful throughout. Not, not shocking absolutely no one. So Yeah, um this is a rough read. It's like the last few issues, the art completely tanks it. Um some more interesting stuff is going on in terms of you know, Superman meeting young justice at least, but it just it doesn't but the art is so bad that it's hard to really appreciate anything that's going on. It really is. like It's very rare that the art's so bad that it kind of tanks the right. And, you know, Batman shows up in a Batman suit and uh, Leviathan's watching on. Uh, the one key thing that happens plot-wise really at the end is that Leviathan reveals to his followers that he's kind of playing Lex Luthor that, you know, Lex Luthor's part of the problem. Lex Luthor's hatred of Superman and his like, you know, goals in the world are part of why the world's so screwed up. So he's equally against Lex and all of this is playing him. And the last page is this big two-page spread of like a Leviathan city (laughs) appearing over Metropolis. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. Uh, yeah, it's a rough read. And Honestly, even to... I mean, maybe this, is, this would be fine if I wasn't so down on the art, but it does kind of feel like we're we're kind of dancing around this one fight for, like, what, four issues now? The entire arc is clearly about this fight and everything that builds up to it. And I appreciate that in theory, but it really feels like it's been a bit haphazard. So it's not Bendis' best writing, although I still think the writing's mostly, you know, fine. It's Bendis. He knows what he's doing. But the art just tanks it. The art absolutely tanks it. Uh, so I guess I will tell you what Matt had to say. I don't imagine it's going to be that different. So this is Matt's words. Yeah. Art is really bad, even for JRJR, and it's a shame because the story was really good. So yeah, you yeah, yeah, like the story. Uh, Clark not knowing who Connor has hooked me in and makes me think he has a bigger role in what has happened than we thought before. I've got a feeling that may be wishful thinking on Matt's part. Uh, having to see JRJR ruin Young Justice is sad and angry at the same time. Uh, I'm actually a little upset that he didn't specifically point out Naomi, because Naomi looks terrible in this book. Absolutely terrible. So... (laughs) He gives it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'll agree with the 5. Like, obviously, I think the story's mostly fine. Like, I agree. I don't think Bendis is best. But, again, I don't know how much of that is just the art making me miserable as I read it, so I, I don't, like, appreciate it as much. But it did feel exciting having, like, Connor and Superman work together. Even if the moment where Superman first didn't know who he was kind of threw me for like a continuity loop where I'm like, oh, wait a minute, does he not know? Why does he not know? And then I had to think about it and went, oh, super, I guess Superman reborn, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, uh, five out of ten from both of us. So I'm agreeing with Matt too much, basically, is the reason here. <laughs> so that'll take us on to Batman Superman issue seven, Joshua Williamson and Nick Derrington on the art. A uh, little upset that Marquez isn't
1: there. Uh, Honestly, I, I was. <sighs> Where when i knew remembered it wasn't marquez and then i saw it was nick derrington and i'm like even better i love derrington's art i like it i don't like it as much as marquez though uh i think it's there's something about having a slightly more cartoony look that just works for me and and marquez is already on the cartoony side of the scale right in terms of realism um, yeah, Nick Derrington is, is is even further, and and I just kind of love it. I
0: do. I do think occasionally you'll have a face that feels a little bit off to me. Um, Superman, a couple of times, had kind of a it was just a, too much of a baby face, I guess I'd describe it as. Uh, but so this is interesting. This is the start of a new arc, right? So we get some new stuff here. They, they teased Raz and Zod last issue, and the plot that we actually get here. Is, and I was kind of excited about this because I've really enjoyed this book, but it was obviously tying into a lot of things up until now. It was kind of exciting to see what it would do on its own terms, right, with its own arc. And what it actually sets up here is that Zod is trying to basically sneak into a Lazarus pit to put the entirety of Kandor City, which was destroyed by Rogal Czar, to resurrect everyone who was in Kandor in the bottle. And I'm like... This is kind of an amazing idea.
1: <laughs> Honestly, this is uh, this is the best this book's been so far.
0: Um, from a plot perspective, I agree. Like I say, if this had Marquez art, I'd give this best issue so far.
1: Oh no, easily Every, everything in this issue is, is the best so far. So far. Uh, I love it, and it's, it's just, there's a, a panel early on where where Race jumps down with the, the synthetic Kryptonite sword, and Superman you know grabs the sword in his hands, and it's just like ah, oh, that is so good. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I
0: like this show a lot. I like what it's doing with the story. I think the voices for uh Bruce and uh Clark are pr- are pretty good. I think uh even the Zod and the uh, the the Raz are pretty good. I do think Zod though, like he does, it does feel a little bit out of nowhere that he feels this way because of how he left things in, in the last time he's popped up in Superman.
1: Uh, it was a little bit like he's jumped to like angry again. Uh, i will have to take your your word for that because i don't know last time i saw him was in maybe in hall pals when he was setting up his other colony
0: yeah uh but i do i do dig uh the raz kind of like try to face superman and uh but I, I i do love him putting down the smoke pellet to like you know batman out of the scene and superman's like nope super speed i've got you you can't go anywhere yeah, that, that was good uh, that, that was good that was a good moment that really played off like you know this is the sort of thing that would normally work against everyone else but not against superman and yeah Presumably the Flash.
1: So, something I really appreciated that took me off guard because obviously I knew that this arc was going to have uh, you know, Zod and Ration. that was it. it was kind of really all we knew going in, mm-hmm. uh, unless you'd read more of the solicits, I guess. But you know, we kind of just knew the basics. I was so pleasantly surprised that this wasn't just the, the villains teaming up.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is more like them against each other. Uh...
1: Yeah. And there's a moment where Zod tries to turn Clark and, and be like, hey, come join my side, we'll bring all the Kryptonians back. It'd be great, mm. and it's it's kind of like for a moment you almost want him to go along with it and just just to see you know the the hero and villain on each side it would, would be kind of cool. Yeah, um, and we
0: have uh, Raz sipping tea in his private jet uh, <laughs> as as they fly <laughs> as they fly. Batman just glaring at him for for like yeah. two panels. So they get to this temple where one of the Lazarus pits are, uh, but Zods are you know already there. He throws the, you know, the city into the pool, and we actually end the issue with all these resurrecting Kryptonians coming out of the pool. Presumably, all with a bit of that old bloodlust that we all love so much from oh, uh, Lazarus sure, Pit. <laughs> uh, so Zod's smirking and yells out, "Kandor lives!" and everyone else is like, "Shit!" and it's all. And in fact, what, what was the line here? Uh, Raz says, tell me you have some kryptonite on you, Detective.
1: And Batman says, not enough for this. <laughs> yeah. And I love that they're all still miniaturized as well. Hmm. Like, so you, you've you got, you know, it does it does say at the bottom, like, next death by swarm. And it, it kind of is, it is, a you know, a swarm of tiny kryptonians that could presumably just puncture through half of the people there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of fun ideas going into this. I feel like Williamson's been really inventive here and just sort of playing with all the things that are going on. And it's kind of interesting that the book obviously started with this. Okay, it's tying into all these things that you know it's just, it's going to be so heavily tied to you the villain and he- you know teasing hell arisen and uh, all that stuff. And this is kind of it just getting to be its own number one again, like after all that's done.
1: And yeah, honestly, I think if this had been like the number one of the book and the other bit had either not existed or it had been like a tie-in miniseries maybe mm-hmm. uh, I'd be far more into this book as a whole because it's been kind of like oh I mean it's, it's been alright but it's been really hampered by just having to do these other things if if this was the first issue of the book I'd be going yeah I'm, I'm down for this book 100% I mean I mean, and Matt have both
0: liked this book more than you have uh, yeah I've, I've had some problems yeah. uh, but I am liking what the plot is here I do wish Marquez was still in the art I hope he's back soon but I mean this may be, Darity may be the artist for the whole arc uh, it would make sense it's it kind was. of funny
1: how, how completely opposed to that we are like, I, yeah. I like Marquez a lot I think Marquez is fantastic I, I'm sure if I haven't picked him he's obviously been in consideration for best artist uh, every time he's had an issue Um, but I still like Darrington more I love it so uh Matt
0: says, feels like a replacement level book now. Oh, it sounds this doesn't sound as hot on it. Oh. But, but Williamson's voice for Clark and Bruce is good. His Raz feels straight from Batman the Animated Series? Darrington's art is perfect tone for the book. 7.5 out of 10.
1: <laughs> that was everything positive except that first comment. 7.5, which I think Matt gave hell risen as well. He said it a lot more negative on yeah. that. What's weird is that he says yeah, it's a, it feels like a replacement book,
0: which to me sounds like he's disappointed that it's not what it was so yeah i have to pick his brain in that uh when we talk about the next issue but yeah uh what are you giving it uh i'm giving it a nine Uh
1: um
0: i'll i'll give um eight solid eight from me um if marquez was on the r i may get the nine but (laughs) honestly it's derrington that's pushed it up to the nine for me from the eight But uh, that's Batman Superman 7. Next up is Batgirl issue 44. We'll make this snappy. Oh, yes, Uh, please. So this is basically just Batgirls fighting a dragon in this made-up world from the the writer who can make things happen in here. And the dragon is not under his control anymore. The dragon's kind of reacting to the emotions of Batgirl and Jason. Uh, And basically, because Jason's like a newly in-love person, he's in love with Babs, and this is how she finds out, uh, a lot of this is about their romance and about her trying to give him like dating advice as Batgirl to go talk to the person he's in love with, <laughs> but that's actually her. Like, I could see some potential humour in there, I just don't feel the chemistry here at all. So it was kind of just... Eh, yeah, I mean, I didn't in some ways i'd like it's quite as bad as the last issue was for me just because because it was all focused around this one like fight and it was like okay what's making the dragon stronger or whatever like what are we doing it felt a bit more focused and was easier to just kind of like follow because of that but i still wasn't really into it
1: uh no i agree with everything you said i think it's definitely better than the last issue um just in terms of it flows easier um because Mm -hmm. It's not worrying about the mystery of what's going on, setting things up. It's just okay. We're in this world. Let's just do the dragon thing.
0: Uh, although there is a, a twist at the end, which, like Jason, Shocking. Jason like uh a, a homeless person.
1: <laughs> yeah, because obviously they 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 have to heal him with something in in the other world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like break you know, fix his heart or whatever it was. Yeah, and Babs at the end is
0: speculating, because she sees the Aftermath, she's like, wait, is this something that's happened to him that's came back with him from that other world? Was he always, like, some sort of weird supernatural villain? (laughs) Or, like, what else is going on? Uh, I'm a little bummed about the ending, because the ending makes me, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be better than these last two issues, but I'm not necessarily excited about, like...
1: More Doing Jason stuff. Halt stuff with Jason, yeah.
0: I mean, that said, though, if he has, like, a proper, like, monster movie villain now, then maybe that could be fun if they lead into that, but I feel like we're still going to do the she has kind of feelings for him and she's not going to know what to do and yada yada yeah. yada. And what
1: is it with DC and Jason's?
0: I don't know. It's, it's the worst. I The sad part about this is that Batgirl's been so consistent throughout, pretty much ever since Rebirth started, and it's only really these last couple issues that have started to make it dip for the first time, really uh these
1: last two issues are probably the worst since yeah
0: um and obviously there's there's been just some you know okay issues in between good issues before but this feels like more like a directional kind of slump that we're going in Uh,
1: yeah and these are the first issues that were just bad i think definitely the last one that was was not a good issue at all and even the ones that have been just there wasn't as as good as previous That, that was the first one that was that level
0: so hopefully, hopefully we can turn it around next issue. Hopefully our fears are unfounded, and uh, we yeah. get some stuff. I um, hope
1: There's a different artist next time because I thought the art in this was pretty rough. Mm, I think yeah, the dragon mostly looked okay, but a lot of Batgirl stuff really didn't. There's a there's a panel. I think it's like the right before the end as she's swinging which uh, is following Jason. Uh, it's the top of the top of the second last page, and. It's absolutely hideous. I don't understand what is going on with the proportions, her body, her face. It, ugh, no. That's oh, fair. Thank you.
0: That's fair. Uh, Matt, uh, this is, I think, the shortest one he wrote about in terms of, like, the length of his thoughts. He just said, glad this is over. Still hate the Jason and Bab stuff. To be honest, I half-read it. <laughs> kind of wish I half-read it. I mean... I will admit that see when I read a book like this where I'm like clearly out of it and don't really care about what's going on, there are there are certain like sort of sections of like especially during like fights where I'm just kind of like glossing over what's going on and I'm not really taking in the dialogue as much as I usually do. Um mm. it's like an actual built in kind of like just get through this quicker <laughs> to get through I, I it.
1: I don't I think it helps when we have this many books on a week as well.
0: I oh know, a lot of books this week. A lot of a lot, lot of books. Um so Matt gave that a six out of ten, which Honestly, it was a little bit on the generous side, (laughs) but, uh, this is weird, because I I gave Action a five, right? But you didn't hear, because I did that lot. Oh, oh,
1: oh, how much of that was because of uh, JRJR?
0: Pretty much all of it. His, his Naomi was (laughs) unbelievable, right?
1: uh, And the benders couldn't salvage, I take it.
0: No, no, uh, there was some good bits on it story-wise, but, like, that art just tanked it. Um. So I give that a 5, and part of me wants to give Batgirl a 5 as well, but Batgirl is better overall because it's not like a train wreck in art, and it's not a train wreck in story, I just don't really like it. So I think under that logic I'm going to go with 5.5, because from a technical craft point of view, I mean the art's not great, don't get me wrong, but it's much better than j r g r So 5.5 from me, uh, I don't know what you're giving it.
1: Yeah, well, well of course you don't, I haven't told you yet. Um... Uh- <laughs> Obviously, I'm coming from the perspective of not having just read J.R.J.R. So the art probably seems a bit worse to me in that context, because I I thought it was a lot of ugly things. Um, um, Not the worst. I mean, mean, just from memory, it's not J.R.J.R. bad, but I I didn't think it was very good at all. I thought there there was quite a few points where I was the Mm. same problem. And the story, again, better than the last one, not terrible, but just a chore to read and so much dialogue. Um, and more, more importantly, so many caption boxes. Um, so I'm gonna give it a 4.5. I do
0: think you should flick through the last couple of issues of Action. Not actually read them, but just flick through them because it's genuinely the worst as arts ever been. Like I, I mean that.
1: I I saw the the page of Grodd that that you guys sent me, and I went, nope, I'm good. I don't ever need to see another page of that.
0: Well, let's move on then. Let's move on. Not in Matt's order, my order. What's my one oh, next? Uh, Justice League Dark, issue 20. So this is just you. Obviously, Matt's got some thoughts as well. So when you get to the end, buzz me in and I'll tell you what Matt thought.
1: Yeah, so this was actually an interesting one because obviously it's the first issue of the the new writer. This is uh, Ram V. Um, We've got uh, Kyle Hotz on art as well. Um, but intrigued to see where this was going. And it feels like a a fairly reasonable departure from what we were dealing with um not a, not a lot of you know uh, the other kind they kind of briefly mentioned but like it's kind of like oh, we'll get back to that um we actually start with animal man and which who hasn't been in the book at all up till now so that was uh, obviously uh, a new element and then there's a you know, there's this guy going around he's got like mushrooms growing out of his head and it is weird and and people are kind of like hey you know Aware that something's going on, and he's just going up this building. He's going up, you know, going up the elevator. He's getting right to the top, and you know, and people are looking up and think he's going to jump, and then his head explodes. And yeah, that was a a hell of a moment. Um, basically, it's these. You might have even heard of them because I'm familiar with the the thing in general. It's you know, there's there's there's, there's fungus that uh, like infect like ants and stuff like that, and they and they take over the brains. And they' you know they're they're kind of described as being zombies. um you You might have seen the odd article online about them. uh It's basically that, but this subspecies of the fungus can infect people. So it's infected uh I think it's l a uh, is, is where we are, and it's half the city is being infected and and this is how it spreads. So what it does is it infects them and then it drives them to go towards the top of a building, you know get as much height as you can. And then explode your head and it will spread all its spores and go to more and more people uh, which is pretty intense so uh, animal man calls in the justice league dark um, lots of nice banter between him and uh, bobo and uh, diana's there as well and they're trying to kind of just stop them getting up these buildings and, and trying to figure out, okay, what's what's going to be the plan? Um, and we do learn that the, uh, Animal Man is a little bit infected himself. He he's, he seems to have some sort of resistance. Um, not sure exactly because he was in the crowd when the first head exploded. Um, and he definitely has something growing out the back of his neck, but it is nowhere near as bad. Um, but that's uh, all actually really quite interesting stuff. It's, a, it's an intriguing plot for this to kind of delve into, and I'm, I'm into it. Um the other half of the book though is the the other characters uh dealing with the the, the leftover swab Thing stuff basically um you know realizing this that the the parliaments are out of balance and they need to to do something um so we've got uh Kelly talking to the the helmet of fate in, in Naboo, doing you know having a bit of a uh, arguments about what 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 they should do and then how they should treat this and they talk about how they need to convene the Parliament of life and it's kind of basically all the all the other forces, you know, the Red, the Green, the Rot and Division. I think it was the newer one that I always forget. Um, basically, they all have to come together and they have to, uh, all the avatars have to work together to perform this ritual that will that, that can then convene, you know, like a joint parliament, uh, which they're like, this is going to be a bit of a problem because the current avatar of the Green is, is Woodrow, who they've got locked up in a basement. So I guess this takes place after harley and ivy or before or who knows um but they've got him locked up in the basement and he's not too happy and doesn't really want to work with them um but basically constant goes back in to see him after and he's like hey you go along with this and i'll get you out i'll I'll sort it out for you and he doesn't really believe him. he's like oh, well sure why not we'll go with it and but then there there is a, an entity that comes it, it starts as like a little fly and it kind of melts and it's got a, a wonderful, uh, lettering effect. It's all these, uh, it's, it's black bubbles with, uh, you know, white text. And they said, Constantine's going to betray you and, but our arrangement holds, holds, holds true. And, uh, you know, and soon, you know, I'll be, you know, you'll, you'll be free and I'll have my revenge. And, uh, it's interesting because. I'm assuming if I didn't know better, I would have assumed this was an avatar of the rot. But we're reminded multiple times in this that Abby Arcane is there and is the avatar of the rot, and they're off to find her. That's that's where Zatanna goes. Uh, and after they uh, after they checked on to Floral McMahon, um, so I'm not entirely sure who this is. Um, so I'm kind of interested. Maybe Matt knows. Uh, I don't know. The art is all right. Uh, it's it's definitely a very different tone to what we had before. We had a um, yeah, it was it was lots of muted but brightish colours that we had uh, for for the last you know handful of issues. but so most of the book has been pretty consistent. Uh, this is a lot scratchier, a lot more shadows. Uh, reminds me more of like something straight out of the nineties, um, not necessarily in a bad way. Like I really like that Constantine. A, a lot of panels of him like smoking with half his face in shadow and just like the smoke kind of flowing around his face that works really well um but only it works as well for the action unfortunately and some of the the smaller expressions um but it's uh it's pretty decent as a start i'm I'm intrigued to see where it goes Okay. What's matt, say?
0: uh, matt is saying not much to say but i enjoy that they're using the parliament's soul help set up and his swampy run i don't get why people like constantine so much looking at you connor that fungus is a real thing and pretty gnarly. Art was spotty, but the grotesque stuff really pops. I miss Man Bat. And he gives it a 7 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with anything he said there. Uh, kind of echoes a lot of my thoughts. Um, but I agree with the 7 out of 10 as well.
0: Okay. Uh, that'll take me on to Shazam issue 11. Jeff Johns writing with Scott Collins on the art. Uh, last issue, with The Wizard... Uh, seemingly, I mean, I thought he was killing uh, Billy's dad. It was actually more that like he was zapping him to take away his power because uh, he's not dead. But uh, Billy kind of like sort of wakes up in the middle of the night and kind of hears some stuff and goes down and sort of catches this happening. Although there is some funny stuff here actually with uh, Freddy and his sleep. Uh, he's dreaming and he's sort of sleep talking and he says a couple of things like, yeah, sir Superman, I'll join the Justice League. And then, like, you know, after Billy tries to talk to him, he's like, yeah Batman I'll lead the team no no problem (laughs) so some fun stuff there uh with that but basically Billy attacks the wizard uh and the wizard's all like you know yada 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 um this power's corrupting you can't you know split it between your adopted family and your biological father uh so Billy you know in Shazam mode is fighting him the the family kind of like catch this happening and eventually the whole team jump in to save Billy because, you know, the wizard's eventually going to take the power away from Billy. He's like, no, I've I've chosen wrong again, damn it. And this is all going. So the big twist to this issue, though, um, is after they've kind of, like, dealt with the, 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 the wizard and we have Savannah uh, freeing the various uh, Monster Society characters, right? Uh, notably, though, he does not free Superboy Prime. Superboy Prime is left in his cell, but he frees the others. The big twist, though is that Billy's father, like, it's not so much that he himself has, like, been disingenuous, but he's actually being controlled. Mr. Mind is inside Billy's father. He's he's not actually with Savannah. He's, he's been broadcasting to Savannah. In fact, it teases it early on, because there's a little moment where Savannah kind of loses contact with him, kind of teasing that he's not local, like, you know, the, the, the connection can be severed. Um... And the the twist is is that you know Savannah's kind of orchestrated all this. Black Adam shows up because he's been kind of manipulated by Mr. Main and Savannah to try and sort of intervene here. And it's all kind of part of Mr. Main's plan. And then sure enough, Savannah shows up with the entirety of uh the the Monster uh, Society. Uh so oh, 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 to a two page pride, I just want to get all the, the, the members right. Uh so you have the Wicked Witch of the West from the Wazinderlands, which we've, you know, we've said before is just, you know, Wizard of Oz. Uh, You've got Savannah, obviously. You have King Cull from the Earthlands. You've got Scapegoat from the Wildlands. you got Jeepers from the Darklands, who looks very Man-Bat-esque, actually. You've got Evil Eye from the Monsterlands. He looks like the, uh, from Doom. The one-eyed flo- floating things from Doom. Those oh, big cool, heads. Yeah. Uh, he looks like them. Uh, the Red Queen from the Uh Mr. Atom from the Gamelands. The Crocodile Men from the Wildlands, uh, those ones are pretty recognisable, and then the Mister Merry Go Round from the Funlands. So Savannah shows up with all this team, and it's like, oh crap, this was all playing into his master plan. What I did like though is that Billy kind of catches his dad, like, say a magic spell, and his dad kind of says, oh no, it's the it's the wisdom of you know Solomon in my head. Uh, not Solomon. What was what was one's wisdom? Is it Solomon?
1: I thought... Yeah,
0: that's Solomon, yeah. Wisdom of Solomon. Yeah. First, I doubted myself
1: because I'm like, no, Solomon must be, like, strength for all- alliteration that, reasons. That's what you, see, I would yeah. have gone with Solomon at first thing as well. Then when you questioned it, I was like, but do they not all match the first letter? Yeah, they don't.
0: No, it's, 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 it's the wisdom of Solomon. Um, but Billy actually sort of catches him out here in a lie and says, no, no, no. Like, the, the wisdom doesn't literally just give you information like that. Like, it, it sort of inspires you to, to make the right choice. It doesn't give you like magic spells that you can say out loud uh so he confronted someone that's when we reveal that mr mind is uh inside billy's dad so uh you know so he felt fishy as soon as he showed up you know we kind of felt that way i mean matt anyway i don't know if you were still reading it at that point and
1: nope sorry
0: uh you know so that, that's kind of like sort of justified that suspicion and that's why he showed up because he didn't show up because he wants to be billy's father he showed up because he's been taking control of uh, to exploit, but the final page is uh this uh evil-looking dummy in the Monsterlands uh who I who I'm assuming is a character that people might know, but I, I don't recognize him. Uh, basically, Superboy primes like, hey you, like let me out, like you know see that see that that uh, red sun over there, uh why don't you turn that off, uh and I you know I can power up and I'll get out. Uh, I'm a monster too. And when he, as soon as this this dummy turns off this like red solar light uh, source, uh, Superboy Prime just heat-visions him to death. He just incinerates him and he walks out and he's like, Ah, oh, right, that's, that's it. He's like, Stupid idiot. Like, I need to team up with you. I don't need to team up with anybody. Look out, Billy Batson, you're first. And that's the cliffhanger for uh, next issue. So it's prime time, baby. Uh, and all of the Mr. Main stuff uh, with Savannah is finally kind of really paying off and kind of coming to a head, which is cool. This was part 11 of of the story. It's been one big arc uh, as far as the titling's been concerned, which is kind of true. You can kind of see how it splits up, but uh, that's, you know, where it is. So
1: please tell me that the scapegoat was an actual goat.
0: Let me double check. It's, you
1: said it was from the, the, the Animal Land one, whichever that one, Wildlands.
0: Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm
1: assuming it was an actual goat, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll go back to the two-page spread at the yeah, end. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. And
0: tell you if it's an actual
1: goat. I To be honest, I thought it would be memorable enough that you'd be able to go, yeah, of course he was a goat, or don't be stupid.
0: Not only is he a goat, he's a goat with two pistols and he's got like a like a sort of 1930s style hat with his two horns kind of sticking through the hat.
1: Okay, that's awesome. And two have you shown tim this yet because tim will be offended if you don't show him
0: i haven't yet but it's a good point
1: so i'm screenshotting it right now yeah t- tim tim will be angry if he learns of this and that we knew about it and didn't tell him yes
0: i've screenshotted it so i can send it to him after the fact right what did matt say about shazam uh, the art's fine They like scott collins you know i mean I, I like him on flash he's not necessarily perfect for shazam but at least it's really only the one artist this time that's
1: which, a big
0: step up which from has, most of the other issues. Yeah. Uh, what does Matt say here? What the hell? This was the most John's book uh, this has been. I'm so happy I stayed with it. The Monster Society isn't what I thought it would be, but I'm pretty sure they're all established Captain Marvel villains. No way did I see... Uh, CC? Being a vessel for... Mind. oh okay he's uh, billy's dad uh, <laughs> i was like who's cc <laughs> uh, is, that, is that his name it looks like he's put their initials i don't think it's his name is it i don't know you tell me you're the one reading the book his last name surely is batson I, I don't recognize the name cc but I'll, I'll, I'll just go with it uh i, I don't remember his oh, like, do, do you know how hard it is to remember names when like a comic comes out once per month and it's like a new character you don't know the name of I
1: agree. It's actually like the biggest challenge with creator own books, especially ones oh, yeah. that aren't like super like sci-fi or horror or something that have a big gimmick. Where you're like, oh my god, they're they're people. I actually I don't get, remember regular people.
0: I was so proud actually. There's another book coming up where I remember the name. Like I wasn't sure if I had it right, and then it said it like the next page, and I got really like proud. I was like yeah, I remembered it. Uh, what book was that? I don't remember. I'll I'll, I'll click with me when I get to what book it is. Oh yeah. But. Yeah, so, here, on, what was I saying? Yeah, so, no way did I see, uh, Billy's father becoming a vessel for mind, uh, but looking back, it makes sense. I wonder what's going on with the state of magic and the wizard and how it relates to Justice League Dark. The more I read John's Billy, the more I like him as a character. Savannah stabbing his eye was metal as F. Colin's art was really hit and miss, but when it hits, it weirdly fits the section of the DCU. I hope they keep Superboy Prime a snivelling villain. Uh, I lost Kylo, I'm not losing Prime. <laughs> Superboy Prime is way better than Kylo Ren, right? I'm just going to
1: dare you? Say that I right mean, now. How dare you? Yeah, you can't argue
0: shit. Uh, so, Matt gave that an 8 out of 10. I am inclined to kind of go- I might go with a 7.5, I might just nudge it a little bit lower. Uh, it's a little bit messy in places, but... I, I am excited by everything they're doing. I love the, the Monster Society, I love Superboy Prime showing up. Uh, the the fight with the the the, the wizard though felt like it was just kind of doing big fight stuff to fill a bit of time. So I, I'm going to give it a seven point five for that. I can't quite call it great, but uh, there you go. That is uh, that is shazam. Uh, which will take us on to Suicide Squad issue three. Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo on the art, and this of course yes. we we ended the last issue with like them assassinating the replacement president that. Uh, the bad guy wants to put into power. And they remember remember this they sort of fake it and pretend that they just get ambushed so that they'll try to like get away with it. And it kind of picks off right where that leaves off. And uh, they kind of do the same thing again. When they get to the present that's supposed to assassinate, they like Dead Shot goes along with it and like says, Okay, it's done, but we see that he's actually just shot the wall next to her and then they telepathically communicate with her and say, like, okay, you have to hit." her. One of my favourite lines of dialogue in this was, uh, sorry, Madame President, but you're going to have to be dead for a while. And she says, well, it's better than being dead permanently. so than
1: dead, dead forever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'll take it. Um, I love the debate between uh, all these characters who are, you know, working, all these freedom fighters who are working together uh of like what do we do with deadshot like do we bring him into this do we leave him behind or kill him and ultimately like the big one the big i don't know the names yet unfortunately because there's all like new characters
1: yeah this this was not the book that you remembered the name then
0: no it wasn't this one though uh but she's like no we'll you know loop him in you know the, te- the telepath who's letting them all talk you know martian manhunter style like loop him into the conversation and they bring him along for the ride so that's letting them talk
1: you know where you know the dude can't hear it's, them it's actually really nicely set up um I mean, there's a bit of, at the start where uh, Deadshot does go along with with the ambush, which is why they kind of feel like they can trust him to bring him in. Yeah. Um, but what's the telepathic bit is really nice to sell because we see, uh, you know, Harley on on her mission with the, with the other half of the group and trying to talk to him, and they're just like, no, they just don't want to talk to you. And uh, you know, and they're like, uh, it, clearly they're all just talking to each other mm-hmm. telepathically. It just looks like they're just sitting there no, ignoring that's, each that's other. It's good
0: stuff, and it's worth mentioning that they all get electrocuted here to be punished for letting the, the guy die. He obviously doesn't know that they, they killed him, but uh, this just how vindictive he is and how how determined he is. Um, so, yeah, I could be doing with like a name tag on the uh, guy who's running the place now. I, I keep forgetting his name. But, uh lock there you go because uh, it because well, it gives you it for all the characters in the the, the the helicopter or whatever it is you know when it comes it it,
1: did we get it for the for the group with deadshot because i don't remember No,
0: no, at the games. start no i don't think so uh so uh, that's what it is but uh so they show up and the rest of the team are supposed to meet up with them and that's when they, they debate you know what do we do with deadshot uh we get some of the, the powers of these other characters uh the guy who can sort of like incur one of the uh, six deadly sins and harley rightly points out but there's seven he's like yeah but making people feel lust would be icky so <laughs> so i just yeah, do I, weaponize I, that i just do the six uh and the guy who can only do, uh, do super speed for short bursts and he has to nap and they do some jokes with that which is really fun his uh, name's jog
1: which i think is very good
0: yeah so nah some uh Good stuff. it' har- har- there's a great uh,
1: there's a great action page with using jog. Uh, you know, so so the the other guy comes out, uses sloth on all of them to make them just mm-hmm. kind of stand there, and then you have like a, I don't know what is it like a twenty ish twenty four panel page 20, pa- of, 20, 20 panels. It's five by four. Uh, okay, I didn't count. I was just kind of eyeballing. Um, <laughs> of him kind of running through and taking all the guns, knocking them out, and then just being like, right, okay, I'm done now. Yeah, and, and just sitting down on the stairs. It's great. Yeah, and
0: Harley has this great moment actually where they don't trust her because they they call her part of the establishment, and Harley's like, "What me? Part of an establishment?"
1: <laughs> yeah, and then looks around and says, like, "Where'd they go? Oh man, they Batman out."
0: Yeah, and then uh, Finn gets his revenge on Shark by telepathically bringing in all of the uh, all of the well, sharks he's... in the area.
1: Yeah, he stabs him with his own tooth. Yes, and then summons the sharks go hey there's blood there go for it
0: yeah uh and so it's so shark gets eaten alive uh it was a great panel actually uh it's sort of like a vertical panel good taking half of a page up and it's just like the silhouette of all the sharks coming in and the red circle of blood from the center it's just a really yeah. nice Yeah,
1: and the, the the bits kind of just being churned out oh, it's yeah. real good
0: yeah so and again Locke is yelling he's getting so pissed off that nothing's going the way it's supposed to uh, and it's Finn who shows up in like telepathically like gets all the conversation with Deadshot going, and yeah, and Deadshot gets kind of like honest about how he's not really sure if he wants to be alive anymore, and he's he's feeling all weird about being open. And I I almost wonder if we're going to get a cool little story here about uh Deadshot kind of finding purpose again and caring about you know whatever these people are doing. It wouldn't shock me if they go that route.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. And and of course, as we get to the other president, we learn that Locke really needs to vet his team better. Don't send them on an assassination mission to kill their own mother. That's
0: just not <laughs> going to go well. Yeah, obviously they've kept that uh, secret, but like when when they came in, like th- that really sets up in a really interesting. Dynamic for this book because the end of this issue. This is issue three, so this, we, we sometimes we talk about how TV shows have like a, a three episode pilot almost sometimes where it feels like they're really set up with the premises. But then I feel at the end of this issue we get the premise like no, they wanted to be taken by Task Force X, and it's it's not as smooth as they thought because they were expecting Amanda Waller, which they thought they could handle. And this like Amanda
1: is Waller's a professional, we can yeah. kind of work with that.
0: And Locke is a lot more kind of erratic and. Like, he's, you know, he's being controlled by something else. They reveal that it's not the government that are controlling Task Force X. Locke represents some villainous entity who also gets teased at the end because he electrocutes Locke the same way that Locke's been, like, electrocuting them. And-
1: Does he have a bomb in his neck?
0: He could do, he could do, but I think this setup—we're like, no, we're going to take down Task Force X, Task Force X and whatever is like controlling Log, whatever this bad guy is, this entity, this establishment is. Like, this is like them—they've infiltrated Task Force X to take down this big bad, and I'm like, this is an insanely intriguing Suicide Squad story. This is so it's, different from what I'm used it's to. It's like, so
1: unique. Them intentionally subverting the missions to you know make things go their way save the targets instead of killing them uh, you know, and work against the the establishment like that but from inside the system is uh it's pretty unique
0: yeah and it's just, it so i've been enjoying the banter i've been enjoying the characters and their interactions with each other and all that stuff and the, the violence and all that but this made me really excited about just the the the, the story that's made me excited about where it's going and what the the the, the ongoing plot is and i'm like
1: yeah, yeah. taylor's done it again <laughs> oh i'm shocked i tell you shocked never saw that coming that again uh so
0: yeah and they're all telepathically talking to each other on the plane or the the, the helicopter back uh and they've kind of bonded a little bit as a team
1: how long till they have to loop harley in because deadshot does trust harley uh, that's worth hmm. noting yeah, yeah. But those two are you know they, they call harley the establishment here and, and i think they're kind of like the parents of the suicide squad at this point right yeah they're like they're, they're the grown-ups that take things seriously as much as Harley can, but they, they've you know, survived this long for a reason. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see if, if if and when she gets looped in.
0: I would be delighted to see her reaction to find out that Deadshot's been in the loop for however long. You
1: know, being really annoyed that they didn't tell her, and her having to have the restraint to not say anything out loud. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, so, no, Suicide Squad was great. And the art, again, I mean, there's not really much to act, it's just as consistently great as the last two issues, but Redondo, uh, he fits this book to a T. Uh, it's such a clean style that I really think works with Taylor's writing. Um, it really reminds me of the sort of artwork that Taylor had on some of his Marvel books, actually. Uh, so I'm really yeah. I'm really into it.
1: Once again, just a shout out Adriana Lucas for the for the colours, because they are spectacular on this book. Hmm. Uh, that that twenty pa- panel page, um, where it's going in and out of the silhouettes and all the different colors going on, uh, really makes it dynamic, and it makes each panel function individually rather than just being a you know a, a mess of action.
0: And the big thing is the expressions as well, like. You know that, that whole page where they're, they're talking to Deadshot for the first time telepathically, and he kind of opens up a little bit, and the way he kind of like catches himself doing that and feels, but like it's, it, it captures the the emotions in his face, and like he's trying to be stoic, but he lets something slip, and it's like it's all there in the art. It's beautiful stuff. Uh, yeah. Let's see what Matt said. Uh, Tom Taylor is the best. Uh, sound drop or oh, sound drop? Yeah, 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 perfect. Tom Taylor. Thank you, Matt. Uh, R.I.P. Shark, but he had it coming. I feel like the revolutionaries aren't long for this world, but I'll keep enjoying them as long as I can. Taylor really gets the team book dynamic. Redondo's art looks great, especially in the action. I feel like we know who is pulling Locke's chain, but I can't figure it out. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is someone we, we know from elsewhere in DC. Like, it could be.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really traditional, like, shady spy organization with the blacked-out face, someone just sat there in a suit on a screen.
0: And then he added, it really felt like Mockingbird from Gale's Secret Six, so... Uh, he gave it an 8.5. What are you giving it?
1: God damn it, why am I lining up with Matt?
0: Uh, it's 8.5. I'm giving it the 9. Love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tom-, Tom Taylor is a, a a 9 out of 10 book rating machine. Right? That's what he is. He writes Yeah, I mean, nines. I gave him a 9 last week, Yeah. So. He just writes 9s and up, obviously. He gets some 10s occasionally as well, but... Uh, that is Suicide Squad, which will take us on to Amethyst issue 1. Uh, Like I said, I didn't read this because it would have been, like, book number 13 or 14 for me, so you know what? I called it, and because I wasn't that excited, I just said, you know what? It's fine. Connor can talk about it. So, uh, this is uh, Amy Reader, who did both the, the writing and the art, so you, uh, go for it.
1: Yeah. Um, this was the book I was like most excited about to read, because I've not read a ton of Amethyst, but whenever I have, I have, I've enjoyed it. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar with the the basic concept of Gemworld and you know, the the different uh, gemstones being the the family like royal houses and stuff like that. Um, but I was kind of like, okay, I'm down for it. Um we we have fur like three or four pages on Earth at the start, which are kind of fun. And it's basically it's it's her birthday, and uh, it's her sixteenth birthday, and she's like, I'll be celebrating it twice, once here, once in Gemworld. It'll be fun. And you know, you have her Earth parents uh, who obviously you know adopted her, given her gifts. And they're trying, they're trying hard, bless them. And she's just like, it's just not quite how it works. Because they're like, hey, you know, we went to the shop and you know, it's it's we picked it out and you know, it's this gemstone that's supposed to enhance your psychic abilities. And she's like, that's that's not really how it works. It's 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 more science than than magic. But um, sure. And then they're like, well, you might not like your other present. And then she was, I'll sure be fine, I'll sure be fine. And then she opens it up, and it's a book on crystal healing. And <laughs> she's like. It's great. Sure. Uh, yeah. Great teeth. She's like, oh, Crystal Healy. Oh, boy. Um, but it was, it, was, it was kind of a fun little intro. And then she goes off to, uh, to go to Gemworld. She goes to her portal. And as she's going through the portal, we get a gorgeous uh, two-page spread that's basically exposition, backstory, recap of who she is, you know, uh, what Gemworld is, uh, that her parents were killed over there. and you know, Basically, just the, the general backstory. And she gets there, but she doesn't land where she's expecting. Uh, everything's kind of shattered, I guess is the word. Her whole castle palace is is destroyed, and no one's there. Um, I got a lot of uh, Narnia vibes. Uh, not the first one. I think it's the second one, uh, Prince Caspian. I think it was. Um, which, if, if you're not familiar, it's where they go back to Narnia after like a year, but a, a year of their time on Earth, but in Narnia, like. A thousand years have passed, and their castle is like this ruin, and everyone they've ever known is dead. Um And I, I was getting that sort of vibe here when it happened. And she's just like, "Okay, I, I don't know what's going on, but I have to go find out." She was right. Okay, to to the neighbors, they can help. Um She goes to the, the turquoise realm, and again, she gets treated really weirdly because she gets there, and and you know, it's it's their, her closest ally, and you know, this woman, Lady Turquoise, she's just acting like they're strangers, and you know, like, I don't really know what's going on, and. Uh, the are a, a warrior house apparently so they're like oh can you can uh, can I borrow some soldiers to try and find out what's going on and the, and she's like no no not a chance you know every time that you know uh, you, you want help it's my subjects that die so screw you basically and uh, so she storms out and she tries appealing to the people uh, you know the, the commoners of, of the Turquoise realm instead and they're not having it they're just like yeah no nothing they're, they're acting like you know as she puts it that, that she's the bad guy and, and they don't quite get it, so she's uh she's off, kind of not not sure what to do next, and she run, runs into this giant worm thing that kind of rears up, and she she starts fighting it, and then uh, someone jumps in and, and saves it, and she's like, "What are you doing? This is like this is uh, like my pet essentially," and uh, he's called Stan uh, the pet because uh, her, her roommate or whatever it was who named it uh, is an Earth fan. Um, yeah, oh, it's it's her girlfriend named him. She's she's an Earth freak. Just uh, like what what if that's a thing. Of of course it's a thing. Uh, but basically, yeah, this this other girl starts like, hey, I'll I'll come along on your quest, uh, reluctantly or fake reluctantly. It's like I'll I'll help you out, I suppose. Um, and then we get a little page at the end teasing that uh, it's uh, Lord Opal um, who I would never have been able to tell you who it was if not for that double page spread uh, at the start with the um the all the backstory because one of the panels on that was uh, Lord Al- Opal you know and is the 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 person who killed her parents um so i got to this and i was like okay i recognize this cuz i saw the design earlier and uh, the name was there so i appreciate that and uh, and it, he's sitting on like this uh iron throne sort of thing and, and he's got all these like mechanical spiders is is kind of how i'd describe it around him it's pretty cool and uh, he's, he's kind of monologuing a bit. Oh, she goes. Oh, she's back in gem world. Great. Um, without the slightest guess that her parents still live, and then it says, you know, well, barely, not for much longer. But uh, which is a big subversion because everything I've ever known from Amethyst is, you know, her, her gem world parents are dead. Uh, so I'm really intrigued uh, to see where this goes. Um, it's a really strong book. Uh, really strong opening of just establishing the character and and the the core mystery of what's going on there. Uh, I do think there are a few too many narration boxes. There, it's, it's a bit overdone. Um, which is a shame because uh, it, it feels like it's covering up some great art at points. Um, but uh, overall it's a really solid book. Uh, did Matt read this one?
0: Uh, he actually didn't. or At least he didn't put his thoughts on the list. He, he listed like 11 books. that it, Maybe he just didn't have time for it or he's Maybe not... he decided
1: he wasn't going to bother. Yeah, possibly. Um no, oh, yeah. I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's a it's a really solid start, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going. And just have it eases up a little bit on the the caption boxes.
0: All right. Well, it's still you on your own because it's Dial Hero number twelve. Sam Humphrey's writing
1: with Joe owners on the art. Yeah, this is the the big finale. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, so we have uh, Thunderbolt and Thunder Thunder Montez. I think is what his name is. Uh, the, the 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 Superman Red version. Uh, of Miguel that we've got from the end of the last issue uh, after the, the Y-Dial kind of put some of them back together um, so we got them in the Overvoid wanting to dial uh, dial hero on the H-Dial and we learn that any anything that's dialed on this multiversal dial um, in here uh, will affect the entire multiverse so the plan here is everyone will have superpowers and you know his 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 uh motivation seems to be that he'll be able to save his his grandfather um because you know and no one else will ever have to die. it's kind of like you know batman is like oh no one else will ever have to die like his parents did so that's his motivation this is kind of the thing here for for thunderbolt in that uh, if everyone's got powers no one will ever have to die like his grandfather did because there'll be someone to save him um we have a couple of pages of of uh, summer and miguel in the uh, the void uh, the, the K-Hole, I think is what it was called, um, uh, which was uh, this this really creepy grayscale place. Uh, it's kind of great. And there's just one little light, which is uh, Summer's, you know, a, like a physical manifestation of hope. Um, and when they come out of the K-Hole, they're changing character like heroes constantly. Their form keeps shifting. So when they first come out, they're basically like a Popeye and Mickey Mouse sort of thing. But then Miguel turns into like Robin, and yeah, uh, and, and we're talking like you know Bert Ward, what Robin, you know calling everyone chum. Um, have got you know basically a big, a big action sequence here. Um, he's mostly fighting himself, you know the 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 Superman Red version. And uh, Summer is fighting Thunderbolt, and she grabs him with the the cyan dial, and starts dialing it, and and he's like, oh well, what's what's this going to do? You know, all it does is transforms you into your inner hero, and I'm already Mister Thunderbolt. She dials it, and it turns him back into a regular teenaged Robbie Reed, you know, which is obviously his inner hero. Um, and again, through all this, she's still fighting him, you know, stopping him getting to the to the the dial that he's trying to get to to get powers back. At this point, uh, changing into different forms, uh, she's like Jean Grey at one point, I'm sure, and uh, there's there's a few others. Um, but he does reach the dial, and he dials it, and it becomes Thunder Doom. So yeah, he's, he's basically Doomsday. Um, it's a lot of fun, but um, she actually unites all the dials and dials it, and he kind of goes into like an old comic, and it's it's uh, it's it's interesting. He basically goes goes into like the past, is what it is. Uh, like you know, he sees his, his grandfather. is like, hey, oh, yo, you know, oh, it's it's so good to see you. And he's like, I don't recognize you. You know, my 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 Rob a kid. Uh, I'm calling the authorities, and then you know he's, he's, you know the the girl reading a comic, and it's your Hero, and he's on the front, and he's trapped inside the comic, and uh, that's him dealt with. He's he's trapped inside that comic, and it, it's kind of fun. Um, but we still have Summer and Miguel trying to figure out how to get home because they 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 got here through the the K hole and don't really know what they're doing. Because um, uh, so you know Miguel has at this point you know reabsorbed uh, Thunder, and you know he's he's just himself now. But they're like, what do we do? And they think, well, maybe we dial, dial H for hero. And, and then they're like, well, no, because that was his plan. So that can't be the thing to do. There must be something to do. And, and, and it comes back to the start of this issue and the start of this whole book in a really nice way. Because I talk about you know, the, that physical manifestation of hope is what got him out of the K-hole. And it talks about how you know, Superman is that hope. And you know, again, this is what that first couple of issues was, that first arc dealing with that for, for, for Miguel. And so that's what they do. They dial H for Hope on the dial, and they're transported back. And you know, and we see they kind of take a little journey through through the multiverse as we go, and they see all these things that hopes inspired, um, like all these moments from DC history of hope. And you know, just these just like one panels of little little bits, or other like, um, like uh, Barry uh, running in uh, in in the original Crisis, just running you, know, and because you know, because he's got hope that he can fix it. Um, and we see, um, you know, Jor-el uh, and, and Lara putting uh, Kal-el in, in in the ship, being you know, and just having hope that that you know that he'll make it. And, and it's the idea that you know that this is their thought, you know this this has reverberated through all of history, and and that's why there is so much hope in the DC universe is because of this. Um, but they get back to uh, to the operator, and and they're in they're in the hero verse, and and uh, he's like, okay, well. Job well done. Let's uh, send you back home. And he's like, well, actually, let's... Uh, and they they got a, a metropolis. And they're, they're back living there. And you know, he uh, he, uh, he gets the number from that guy that he talked to in issue know, 7 or 8, whenever it was. It might have been earlier than that, actually. When when he was convinced he needed the powers to talk to him because he was insecure in himself. But here, here he's like, you know, who needs superpowers when you got hope? And then realizes he's got a chai tea and Lombard's going to be pissed. Uh, nice little joke ending. Uh, and a nice little joke throughout it as well. With, um, when they're changing history, they, they don't want to accidentally uh they don't want to accidentally wipe David Bowie out of from history. Um uh, uh, so, uh, that that becomes a little bit of a running gag throughout the rest of the issue, which is kind of fun. Um it's really solid again. Um it it does everything it needs to so as a conclusion, ties it really in that defining theme. Um yeah, no, it's uh, it's really solid. Um art's fantastic again. Um it's not shifting styles as much this time as it usually is in this book. Um different characters heroes are still drawn in different styles, but it's rarely as uh overt as it has been throughout the rest of the, the book's history. There's no big like you know hero introduction pages with the full whole other style for a page or two. That's that's not in this um which makes sense. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's really well handled. This is a solid eight point five
0: that'll take us on to far sector issue four nk jemson writing with jamal campbell on the art we ended issue three with the the protest happening and her, uh she's trying to like you know talk them down and have the the peacekeepers not fire on the crowd and that becomes a big sort of thing here earlier in this issue is this debate with the peacekeeper about you know this isn't peace like firing on them is not peace this is just causing chaos and anger and it leads to kind of just a natural sort of companion scene to that or she goes to the leaders and says, Hey, like this is bullshit. Like what are you what are you doing this for? <laughs> like and they've revealed that this has actually happened like twelve times before and they always just like overpower them and kill people and squash it and like they've brought her in as someone different because she may be able to do something else with it. And she's you know, she has this show of power at one point where she kinda like blasts a ring at something to make it very clear, No, you're not gonna be using violence with these people. Um, it's not called for, uh, but of course we see the peacekeeper like kind of plotting with someone else. Like, hey, her ring's different from other green lanterns. There's no, there's no battery. It just has to kind of like recharge on its own over time. So once it's depleted, she's vulnerable for x amount of time. So
1: yeah, and we kind of learn how long that is at the end of the issue. It says she's got like eight percent left, but it's going to take five days to fully recharge.
0: Yeah, so five or so days for the full thing, then presumably. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's interesting. There's some teases as well for getting the ring. We see like one panel of like the the ring being given to her, and that we know yeah. she has one year to make a difference to like prove herself.
1: It's, I feel like, yeah, we got that in the, the first issue as well. Like the, it may have been you know, these almost exact same panels, um, I mean, but we definitely yeah. got that. Um, also, we learned that her ring isn't as powerful either, though. Um, as much mm. as it doesn't need to be connected to the central battery and recharged like the same way, uh, it's just not as powerful in in raw strength.
0: Yeah. There's well, some interesting stuff here uh, with the, the wife of the the, you know, the murder victim from the first issue.
1: Yeah, who, well, I know. We're going to keep protesting this because this has got to be sorted.
0: Well, no, the line that really stuck out to me from her was uh, I can't even grieve, uh, yeah. which I thought was really interesting. Obviously, and this is not a new thing, but the what the books really get into is this idea that because they're experiencing emotions for the first time, they can't control them, and it's, like, causing these extreme reactions. And, like, the belief here is, no, 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 like... We're pro- protesting because if we actually get used to having emotions, we can control them and like react accordingly. Uh, you know, like humans mostly do. Mostly.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and they yeah. want a their their goal is they want a referendum. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very democratic thing that they want out of this. They're not like, hey, turn it off right now.
0: Yeah, the leaders are not feeling the same way though. They're like, just they squash this. And
1: uh, they, although it. they do look pretty sheepish when uh, when she points out. That okay. So this has happened like twelve times before, but has it ever been handled? Yeah, you know, has it ever happened when there's been like you know this uh, epidemic of extreme emotion is the way she puts it, and they all kind of look at each other and, and and she's just like you know face palms and it's like oh god, this is this is different this time. Yeah, but well, presumably
0: because of the uh, the drug that's making them feel emotions for at least a short amount of time. Yeah, because uh, it takes it, it blocks the emotion exploit for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it says a lot that usually the when this when society gets to the point because it's like twelve times over like a thousand years or maybe longer. Um, you know when it when it gets to this point, they're still got no emotions. They just kind of get to a point where they where they wonder maybe we should get to that, and and it's still very subdued in comparison to this. Yeah, there's a murder. Yeah, there's usually a murder, and there's usually a. Uh, so, you know, a, a little bit of a riot, maybe. But it's never quite this intense.
0: Honestly, this might be the best the art's looked. And the art's been good throughout the book, obviously, but, like, I, I really like the art in this issue.
1: Uh, I'm not sure if it's any better than any previous issues, but, I mean, it's been fantastic on all the issues anyway, so, I mean, uh, I, think, I, I, think I don't want that to sound negative. I
0: think it's the colouring for me. I think this, this, this calmed down a little bit, and I prefer that. <laughs> I prefer it to feel a bit more natural-looking. Uh, and a lot of the panels. Uh, that's fair. So it's pretty just more to my taste, perhaps, than actually better. But I liked it better than the other issues. Uh, not that the other issues were had bad art. That is not what I'm saying. Let me make that very clear. Yeah, that's uh,
1: why I was say here where I'm going. No, it doesn't feel any better to me. But I mean, I already it was already at such a high level that not any better is still bloody fantastic.
0: Yeah. So let's see what Matt uh, has to say. About first sector, uh, first sector. Another great issue hits the social dynamics entirely too well, too much to gush about to right here. Art is beautiful as always, especially in the layouts this time. Love the references to Guy and John, and hooked into the mystery of her ring. Uh, so yeah, kind of kind of echoing some of the same things. Um, I you know I I will say actually one of my complaints with the last issue is that I was having trouble remembering like a lot of the mythology issue to issue. I think this issue. A, actually recapped the key things that we needed to know at the first page, which was really nice. That
1: that was interesting, because it was an actual recap page, because it was, whatever was happening, it was was nothing to do with where we were in the story. The next page, it it picked up where we actually left off.
0: makes me wonder if Jemson, or or maybe someone told Jemson that Hey, this is actually getting quite hard to remember, like, what all the the, the details are. And it it didn't remind us of everything. Like, it didn't go into the details of all the the, the three species again or anything like that.
1: And there's actually no plot recap in it. This feels like you could put this at the start of every single issue unchanged.
0: Yeah, but it did help. It helped a lot just to kind of set you in the mood and put you back in the world again. So I will uh, say that was a good idea. Uh, So Matt, give us an 8.5. What are you giving it?
1: God damn it, Matt. Um, Yeah, 8.5.
0: Uh, I'll give it a straight 8 but I am digging it a lot uh, I'm liking what it's doing uh, the more it goes on uh, especially now that it's starting to feel like she's going to be against everyone and they're all against her and she's got kind of this one lone ranger out in the out also
1: in the I want her to wear the, uh, the green energy poncho the entire time please yeah
0: so you know, well, it's like, raining it looks... you see
1: yeah yeah but I, I just want her to wear that all the time because it looks cool as shit
0: waste of energy a ring's draining. She can't, she can't do that construct all the time. Uh, sure. But the rain looked good at the end, which is maybe why they're just well. Like they are a lot in this issue. Mm. Uh, so, that is for Sector. That'll take us on to Batman, Curse of the White Knight, issue 7. Uh, is this the penultimate issue? Is it eight
1: issues tall? It is, yeah. yeah. And I, It definitely feels like that. By the it,
0: end. It, it, yeah, it felt like that by the end as well. It, de- it definitely felt like the, the, the go-home cliffhanger uh, at the end of this. So... Batman makes the the tough call to reveal himself to the world as Bruce Wayne, um, and kind of kind of a big deal as well, where he 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 puts out this call. It was, it's like it's not Times Square, it's like Gotham's Times Square and you know whatever else, but it appears on the screen. And reveals who he is, and says that he's culpable because of what the Wayans have been involved in, and that you know it isn't mentioned to the public that he's not really technically a Wayne. And Harley tries to tell him that it doesn't matter. Like you've made it what what you are. You're you're on your own. it Doesn't matter if you're technically related to some person from generations ago.
1: Identity crisis at the start. Yeah. And it's like, well, if I'm not a Wayne, then then it's like you're still a Wayne. You just you, you might not be. You know, have the the bloodline that you thought you did. You and, you know, your parents and the rest of your family have been following the same principles as Wayne's.
0: But he says that he is going to turn himself in after he's dealt with Azrael. And he's asking the people of Gotham to stay off the streets tonight so that he can be Batman one last time. Like, you know, give me, grant me the permission to be Batman one last time. Uh, And he just kind of hopes that the people of Gotham listen to him so that there's no collateral damage. Um... And he drives off in the Batmobile, the 89 Batmobile, because it's the only one left, because Azrael destroyed the rest of them.
1: Yeah. And he uh, quotes that movie as well. He does. He said, let's get nuts. Um, It kind of works here, though, doesn't it? It
0: works. I'm not terribly fond of that movie, but, I mean...
1: no, no, but they're going, you know, they're going, you know, this thing's decades old. Are you nuts? And he just gets in. He's just like, let's get nuts. I'm like, I'm so in for this. So... I mean that's discuss cool stuff,
0: and it you know ends kind of with this big thing of him like being out in the middle of Gotham. It's the the, the red kind of colouring, and it's like all right, it's time to go. It's go time now. Uh, and but, and yet you see that all the
1: streets are empty.
0: Yeah, but the big thing here is that he is intending on killing Azrael, and you know both Barbara and uh, Dick are like, Wait, this is not Batman. This is not who you are. And he's like, no, nah, Batman has to die. So you know I'm going to kill Azrael. Um, so I mean, my hope is, of course, that he's going to make the choice not to do that. You know when it comes when push comes to shove and you'll still be Batman.
1: That would be the hope. I think it is interesting that this is such a a different take on Batman that if, if this is, you know, okay, he does kill. He goes down that route. I'm not going to be angry because, you know, it, it's it, this, this Batman for you know, the entirety of the, the last book. And this has struggled with the idea of living up to what Batman actually is. Uh, that's kind of been a running theme that he's, he's, he's been out of control and, He's, he's, he's gone too far and crossed too many lines, is it just a case that he gives up and is like, Do you know what, no more Batman, and, and, and ends it this one time and, and then quits? That could, that could be interesting.
0: I don't know how I feel. I feel like the way the story's set up here is that we're supposed to be rooting for him not to make that choice. Uh, the way the characters try to talk him out of it, it feels that that's what the story's leaning towards. It doesn't, you know. It's one thing to do like an world and sort of set up right, set up right away that this is a Batman who is willing to kill and all that stuff. I feel like because it's been focusing on that struggle, the natural incline is still to want him to not cross that line. So oh, I get that. So I don't know if I'll be angry, but I don't know if I'll like it if he does.
1: Like, I, I think here's the thing: I, 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 want him to to make the right choice because it's it's Batman. That's the story beat, right? But I find that if if he does make the wrong choice and kill him then i feel like murphy's got a story to tell there and i'm interested to see that story as well yeah that's possible
0: um i will say the other thing i didn't like about this because this was very good as probably whenever they mentioned jack napier and like how he got the city to trust them because i hate that part of the first you're story. really hung
1: up on that aren't
0: you i hate that i just i hate that version of joker i don't like it at all yeah. uh but I mean that's a minor part of the issue. But you know, then obviously it looks great, uh, as expected. This, this is very much the build-up issue to the, the final. Uh, but there was a nice kind of element of let me be but let let me be Batman one last time and trusting the people of Gotham to do that. So that was a nice sentiment to go out on. Um I, yeah. I
1: really like the the prologue as well with Alfred going, you know, all right, we'll teach you how to fight. It, it kind of the, the, the birth of that. Mm-hmm. That was that was yeah. a, a nice little
0: moment. And obviously, uh, Babs is—I is, mean, she's kind of back on her feet by the end. She can she can drive again, but she is kind of struggling to sort of recuperate early yeah. on. Um, and she kind of tells Batman what 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 Batman mean, meant to her father and why he's important. So both her and Dick are very much trying to convince him of to believe in Batman and not just give it up. But anyway, uh, so this is what Matt said. Uh, very stand around and talk issue. Murphy gets the dynamics of the Bat family really well. Love that Bruce is still who he was meant to be despite the family history lie. Feels like the penultimate issue. Because b- it is. Uh, art is good, but the stillness caught me off guard on a packed week. Don't forget Clark revealed his identity first. Ha ha ha. Batman The Animated Series, Batmobile. It wasn't Batman The Animated Series, Batmobile. Was it? It was the... I
1: thought it was the 89. It was 89. I mean,
0: Did they, they are... use the
1: same Batmobile in Animated Series? No, they're
0: different. They're definitely different.
1: Oh. It looked like the 89 one to me. It had the, the round bit at the front.
0: Yeah, it was the 89 uh, Batmobile. So Matt, Matt's just incorrectly one used Batmobiles here.
1: <laughs> For oh, shame.
0: Nah, because the, the the Animated Series one doesn't have the round but It's a more flat design.
1: Uh, yeah you're right and it's it's kind of got like the the cockpit uh at the top kind of goes over further doesn't it
0: yeah uh so no it's, it's very different very different uh but uh, regardless he gives it an 8.5 so
1: god damn it matt yes also giving it
0: an 8.5 <laughs> uh, i'll just give it a straight eight but uh very good very good i'm excited for the last issue so that was Curse of the White Knight. That'll take us on to Basket Full of Heads, Issue Five. Joe hell writing with Leo Max on the art, and this is a, not the penultimate because I I think this is seven issues. This is the only Hell House book that's seven issues instead of
1: six. I think they bumped it up to seven, didn't they? Yeah, because ah, it was originally meant to be six and they bumped it up.
0: So this is basically mostly uh, June, if I remember her name right, in the cell. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is the one where I remember the name. I think it was the the boyfriend being Henry. I remembered Henry.
1: Oh, get you because I did not have that.
0: And then it's and then on the next page. She actually said
1: the name Henry. I'm like, yes, I got it, Henry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking now and hoping it's not Henry and hoping it's. Samantha. Oh no,
0: no, no! It's not this book. It was American Vampire. Sorry, it's American Vampire. It's not. That's because the boyfriend in this is Liam. Yes. Well, that's not why, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, right. no, but you look like a fool now. No, no. I was just misremembering. remember. I knew it was one of the non-superhero books. Anyway, uh, so. Yes, so so it's basically the the, the the son, the sheriff's son, kind of explaining a lot of what's going on. And it's the villain monologue, issue. Yeah, and it's basically that the feds were investigating the sheriff and his, you know, protégés because of whatever they're up to in this town, something corrupts going on, and that Liam has actually been an undercover young fed... Uh, recording, you know, conversations and passing them on, and the girl who was thrown over the bridge was someone that, that this, uh, the son had an affair with, this, like, uh, sort of, she was like a helper to the maid they had, who was getting too old to actually clean certain things, so he had this kind of relationship with her, uh, but she got pregnant and he wanted rid of her, and it got kind of nasty, and ended with her going over a bridge, of course.
1: Uh, yeah, I do think it's worth noting that she wasn't thrown over the bridge she she was kind of encouraged that maybe it'd be better if you just killed yourself
0: yeah which i'm not entirely sure if that's more dark or less dark to be honest Uh, no,
1: i'm not sure either i'm not i'm not saying it's light i'm just saying there is a distinction there
0: (laughs) yeah so and it makes everything we heard about liam and how he was acting all summer like from the other characters like because it sounded like it was really over the top like he was this suave dude with his shirt open and all the rest of it, like you know, it's like, okay. This was all bullshit. <laughs> like this was just them trying to spin this yarn because yeah. they wanted him to look bad. And they used the, the. They've already killed the prison guards. We have to give Matt points because the people in the prison guard uniforms were in fact cops, which we both said we didn't think was happening, and it is. So he's
1: gonna be so smug about that. Isn't he, he? He's
0: gonna be smug. Yeah, I've, I've not read. He's. Uh, I'm. I'm so glad he's thing. not here
1: to be smug about it because it'll have forgotten by the next issue
0: yeah uh that said, as much as this is essentially just a big exposition issue i think it's told really well the way he tells the story where he was like working in the uh the building because he's like the aide to like the local congressman or whatever and he overhears the two feds talking and that's how he that's how they find out that there's an undercover person uh yeah because he's the, the, the,
1: the new guy's giving him the code name ragnarok he's like nah that's stupid you just do the initials Ellie. And obviously he hears the initials, goes back and run, oh, who's new with the initials L.E.? Yeah. This guy. So, no, really, really good stuff.
0: Although, I, I would beg the question, why use his real name? Like, why wouldn't they give him a fake name and then that then these initials would be useless?
1: But Because they probably thought they didn't need to because they recruited him straight out of college and no one knew who he was. So, I suppose. they're not <laughs> suspecting him, so it's fine. And don't complicate things because, you know, we, we learn that, you know, he was nervous and didn't want them to contact him because, you know, he's nervous, first job. So don't complicate it, don't give him a new story to learn, just let him be him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, obviously there's a big thing at the end where he's kind of taking her out uh, outside the cell. Uh, he electrocuted at one point, actually, at the start. Uh, big full-page spread of that. But he yeah. takes her out, and he's he's really vile as well, this guy. he's, he's The way he talks about the woman who committed suicide and Everything and he, hell, even as he's uh, like taking her out because she's she's she thinks she may have the tape in the truck. there's what she's actually doing is luring him into the trap of going to the basket full of heads. But yeah, uh, she uh, like he at one point he, he says, "Hey, after this, you could show me how thankful you are that I'm not killing you by uh, giving me a good blowjob because you know it's been a while since I had one." And it's like, what is this guy? Like he's just he's the worst. You, you can't wait for it to chop his head off. Like that, that's just.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... And it doesn't quite happen yet because. Uh... No. She she gets the axe and she tries to use it to cut the handcuffs and it just it's not having it for some reason.
0: Yeah, because uh, she he's handcuffed her to the uh, the parking mirror, and if for some reason it only for you know it's just as magical axe only works on flesh. It doesn't work on anything else.
1: Yeah. There's a great moment where where he confirms that the guy who you know who she was unsure about killing uh, mm-hmm. that that she stopped and you know and, and helped. Uh, oh, he's like, the he's like,
0: he's like the worst of the worst. He's like the guy who's behind everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. She she when when he says that and says his name, she's just like, oh, thank God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it turns out he's like the actual like crime boss. He's the one who's like selling. He's like distributing drugs to a lot of these storefronts, and like the, the sheriff's the one who's protecting all this and covering it all up and. Like, they've got a whole yeah. thing going. Um, it kind of makes sense why the sheriff now can afford all this artifact collection. <laughs> when you think about it.
1: It does, it does.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so she can't actually get to use the axe. It just ends ha- Ends with him coming towards her with a shotgun, looking all yeah. uh, evil and smelly as the rain drips down his yellow jacket. So, this is
1: like right after he's freaking out because he just saw all the heads still alive. Mm-hmm. So, no,
0: really good stuff. Been loving this book and, uh, looking forward to the next issue. It goes in so quickly as well. This, this one reads like butter. Like, I just, I slide through it. Just like an
1: axe through those necks.
0: <laughs> uh, Matt said, This issue really leans into the art of exposition dump. <laughs> Hank is a real piece of shit, and I look forward to June taking his head. Look at that. It's just mirroring some of our thoughts. Uh, Took him in day in turn, but you know what? When you have a story with magical acts, it's fine that the main villain plot is something as simple as corrupt cops and organised crime. The electrocution scene was a bit much. Leo Max art fits the book so well and really adds to the sleaziness. Also, you guys have to call me Ragnarok now. <laughs> and Matt gave it a nine. So, jeez, uh, he's aiming okay. high there. Uh, I love how he starts off with the art of the exposition dump, which almost sounds negative, but he, uh, clearly he's not complaining.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, what you give it? Up? Um, I'm going a bit lower than that. I think this is. Even I think it's a really good issue still. Let me get that out there before I even say anything else. It's still great, but objectively probably my least favorite issue as well, because it is just, here's the villain plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the least exciting issue, uh, I would say. Um, But it's still very, very well crafted, and the art's great, so I'm still giving it an 8.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to go with, a, ba, 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 ba. I'll go with an 8.5. I don't know if I can quite give it the 9 that Matt did, but I, I really love the book and I love this issue. So, uh, good stuff. Uh, so, that will actually to end the, the new books of the week. So, believe it or not, that was what? 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 20, That was 13 new books discussed this week. <sighs> 13 of them. But because we have left all of our Patreon books to the last week of the month, we have three more books to talk about. Uh, so we'll start off. And the, re- the reason why this, this happens, of course, is that people on patreon.com slash TV. if you're a patron, you can uh, give us, uh, you know, money every month <laughs> and support <laughs> things. But one of the higher tiers is uh, you can make me or Connor read the books. In some cases, both if you go to the even higher tier. But uh, Red to Outlaw 41 is, is uh, the first Patreon book we're going to do. Scott Lobdell writing, I don't even care enough to find the artist, so...
1: uh... (laughs) Do do you want me to check? Because I feel like we should at least give him the the benefit. I think it was David Messina, off the top of my head. It is. Okay,
0: right, cool. Uh, So this uh, is kind of the conclusion to... uh, I don't know if this was a two-part, or there may have been actually more of that before I read the last issue.
1: No, this is part five.
0: This is part five, okay.
1: That's why I distinctly remember saying last time was actually a very interesting issue that it was kind of a, a perfect point for you to jump on, even though it was in the middle of an arc
0: yeah so this is true there's actually someone controlling bizarro and artemis so they actually have to kind of fight them a little bit that's uh, not dead
1: man but someone that kind of has dead man's powers i, I don't really know he
0: even loaded dead man there's like at like one point there's a like heads of like dead man
1: well yeah i was so confused there i think that was the point of showcasing that they had dead man's powers so it was like hey look dead man just in case you're not familiar i don't think they actually look like dead man i think they're like i don't know honestly and uh, because i was confused when that showed up i was like wait is dead man actually involved or not Mm. this this claims this was in the uh the annual two but But you read i i I guess i read (laughs) i'm sure i did i'm I'm, I'm, gonna check it's
0: amazing how many of these characters i forgot about in the last month like i I vaguely remember jaw like the metal jaw lady because that was a kind of a cool idea but The rest of them, I'm like, yeah, I don't remember any of these characters from the last issue. Uh, Maybe the baby a little bit, when the baby showed up. Okay, I remember that concept a little bit, but...
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you a lot of their names, but I'm starting to remember vaguely. There's the the baby with the mummy, um, there's Doomed, obviously, Mm -hmm. and you've got uh, DNA. Yeah,
0: so... Yeah, so they end up fighting uh, Artemis and uh, Zangief from Street Fighter. Uh... uh (laughs) Was was it? Yeah, and apparently uh, Jason just kind of snaps whatever's inside Artemis out of it, over by kissing her, uh, because the spirit wants nothing to do with kissing Jason Todd.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like gross, gross, gross. It's like a little carried away there. Just ah, screw it, fine. I think it's just like it it admits the jigs up and goes, all right, fine, I'll give up. But I mean, why? Why would you just give up the bodies just because just because you've been found out? You still have control of two very strong people.
0: Yeah, it was kind of weird to me. Uh, some of Artemis' dialogue felt kind of weird for Artemis' dialogue, but admittedly, that may have been before she was herself, so but fair enough, I guess, if it sounds kind of weird. Uh, that, yeah, that
1: was kind of like the big point. Because you
0: know... there was one moment where she said, am I right? You know, all one word at the end of a sentence. I went, that doesn't really sound like something Artemis would say.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and to be fair, Jason does call her out, like the the, the entity, whatever it is, is like, hey, you know, you, you might be down on the the body you might have that under control but you do not have the personality
0: yeah they find veritas at the end and she's like you know all right i guess uh and they end up going back for some dinner and they're all one big happy family weirdly and jason sort of ends with the narration basically saying well you know what i didn't give up some people didn't give up on me so i won't give up on them so it's kind of a heartfelt ending he's got this new family of weird characters to look after
1: yeah, I feel like I missed an issue somewhere. And I know I didn't, because I'm being forced to read these every month. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I remember like when uh, when Artemis and Bizarro were being kind of rescued, I think that was the end of the last annual uh, Super Pup, which is the little Superman doll that you see there. Mm-hmm. There was something sinister. I'm sure I remember saying there was something sinister going on with it. Like, it was kind of evil. Like, there was something going on with it. Yet here, it's just, oh, there's nothing wrong. Everything's, everything's normal. And I'm like, I feel like I missed something. But, I don't know, and all of this whole big f- happy family feels so unearned at the end.
0: Yeah, no, I, didn't, I wasn't feeling it. Uh, honestly, the first half of this issue was just honestly just kind of confusing to read because it, it was jumping around all these different characters and while well, I read the last issue, none of them really stuck in my mind enough that I really remembered who they were, what they could do, or like w- what they were even doing in this building. <laughs> it wasn't until they actually got to Veritas, oh, they're here for Veritas, that's right.
1: Yeah, the art was mostly good. <clears throat> I will say there was a there's a big uh, like a months ago prologue with Roy at the start. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple like one two page spread, but that first panel with Roy in, I did not realize it was Roy until like I, until he started to, you know talking after and and actually I think the the second panel that you see him in was okay, but that first one I did not recognize him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah
0: yeah honestly kind of a weird read uh like it's one of these weird things jumping into a story halfway through especially when it's got all these extra characters in it. because you know, it'd be fine to jump into like if it was just a jason todd story and it was just jason todd like dealing with like penguin or something like which was happening like in a previous arc like or, or I,
1: even if it was just jason and you know the the, the outlaws you'd kind of get uh, you'd, yeah you'd
0: get I'd, I'd, I'd understand like who's who and like roughly what's going on but like because of this was so many like, these weird characters who I barely know or don't know at all, it was just kind of like jumping around people that I don't understand. It it reminded me of like trying to read like a Legion of Superheroes comic back at the start of New Fifty Two, just not knowing who anyone was and like just
1: feeling lost and not really taking any honest, of it in. Half of the most of the characters here are only been introduced this past arc as well. Anyway, right? So yeah. this is only like the fifth issue anyway. So it's hard to give a shit about any of them. Yep, that's pretty much it. I, I assume people who are enjoying the book cared that Artemis and Bizarro were just back. I I think I like that, because like, Bizarro was, tended to be one of the high points of the book whenever we were doing Bizarro stuff. So maybe I'll have some not completely terrible things. Yeah, is it. he
0: not uh, speaking in reverse now? Because he was kind of... He was kind of saying what he meant in this issue.
1: Was he? Kind of, yeah. He was... No, I mean, it was a bit. Of, yeah, it was a bit of both, wasn't it? Because he was saying, biz- you know, I've well, got a line here: bizarro, am confused. And
0: it, but it made sense that he was confused at that moment. So he's saying he's confused. Yeah. And that's after you know the spirit or whatever leaves him. So that is him. It's not like it's someone else.
1: No, no, it's it's true. Um, maybe maybe this is a. Uh... After Because, you know, he, 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 well, you probably don't remember, but he had that arc where he was incredibly smart for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is like a residual leftover. He's not quite as bad as he was before.
0: I guess, I guess. But I just, Honestly, it makes it easier to read. I don't know, it does. I assumed you would know why that was, though, but you seem to
1: be just as equally kind of like, oh, I guess that kind of hammed. Uh, it, it's one of those things that Bizarro hasn't been in this book consistently for so long now. Like, uh, Bizarro and Artemis have been gone for a long time. We had that one annual with them in. Um but other than that, they've not been there. So I I kind of just have forgotten if, if it changed. You know, Or okay. if it, I don't know. I just it, I just read it. It read naturally. Um it didn't feel like it had changed that much. So maybe it must maybe it happened at some point and I just got used to it and didn't notice it was different here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that is a rate that I suppose we've given it that
1: is a solid four out of ten that
0: yeah, I agree with the four. Yeah, well, nice and this nice straightforward. Uh, that'll take me on to American Vampire issue four, uh, which I I am being. I mean, I don't want to say forced because it's actually a good book. I don't I don't mind reading this, but I have I am reading this because of Patreon as well. Uh, issue four. Uh, Patreon books tend not to be new things, although Connor's next one actually is a new issue from this month. Mm. But uh, American Pir- Vampire issue four. Scott Snyder writing, of course, with Raphael Albuquerque on the art. A uh, backup story by Stephen King. Uh, so the last issue ended with uh, Pearl on her way to basically save uh, her roommate uh, Hattie, and the, the European vampires who are, like the movie producers have got her, and she's like trying to like talk them over, and they, they give her over. But the twist is here is that Hattie was working for them all along, and her job is to lure people in. And the issue actually starts with a flashback of how Pearl and Hattie met to show like, just you know kind of like a meet cute of them like being next nice to each other, and it makes you kind of like them. And like the friendship and make them feel kind of sweet so it, it does kind of hit you i mean it's not surprising per se because it's because like, of the type of story as you're kind of expecting it uh there's going to be dark twists like this but when she stabs her in the back almost literally it feels kind of like oh no uh so she gets kind of run off luckily henry whose name i remembered and i was happy i did uh runs in with a car and it sort of like you know drives her off and the sort of the end of the story is kind of like her saying no i can't just leave i have to go back and like finish this uh we have to take care of these vampires and henry's like wanting to help and she's like why are you even interested in me you know i'm, I'm, I'm this vampire now and he's like hey you were always special i was always like fa- infatuated with you because you're strong and all these other things uh so you know i mean the main story the arts guards again uh so much of its like atmosphere They've made me care about Pearl, they've made me care about her wanting to protect the one person she cares about, and then to twist that knife and but like, no, the one person she cared about was actually there to lure her into the trap in the first place. Uh, you know, quite nasty stuff, and uh, really effective. So, no, I liked... I mean, it's not surprising that I liked it, I've read it before, and I know I like it. But... Uh, uh, so that's, so they they make the vow at the end to go back, and Henry reveals that he's actually an ex-soldier. He pulls out his dog tags to show that no, I can be useful. I'm not just some drifter who plays music. Uh, so that's that, and then the backstory, the flashback story by Stephen King. Last issue, Skinner, when he woke up, basically killed an entire town uh, in broad daylight. And this issue, uh, you got book and the writer and the others like hunting Skinner. Uh, and you've got the European vampires also th- like wondering how he could do what he could could have done in the middle of the day. Skinner's in the cave with these old cronies outside. That was also set up last issue. And he's just kind of in there waiting. And th- th- he kind of discovers here that he's weak because there's no moon. That was something that was set up uh, last issue with Pearl. Is that the American vampires, their weaknesses, they're, they're kind of like, have none of their superpowers or strength or anything when the moon's completely gone. When it's the, the total eclipse, I guess you call it. Yeah. Oh, well, not an eclipse. It's not an eclipse, but you know what I mean. Opposite of a full moon.
1: Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a new moon, is what you're talking about.
0: A new moon, there you go, okay. There you go, that's what it's called.
1: Yeah, pretty sure.
0: Alright, there you go. Uh, so... Yeah, so we have this thing, uh, there's a kind of romantic moment where uh, the, the other guy's daughter kind of kisses book and it's all this thing, uh, and they go in to get Skinner uh, as the European vampires watch on with binoculars uh the first guy that goes in gets his face burned off by skinner it's kind of nasty uh and book tries to fight him but skinner actually drops some blood into his uh into his eye uh not even necessarily intentionally he's kind of looking around because uh the 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 woman comes in with a gun and sort of like saves him but as he's like sort of like like turned around looking at her his hand that's dripping his own blood drips into book's eye so the end of this chapter is basically the book knows that he's going to turn into a vampire, and uh, that's kind of the tease for next time. Uh, it also shows that the uh, European vampires uh, killed all of uh, Skinner's cronies uh, who were already knocked out by the others, but uh, they, they've just went and eaten them all because they were they fancied a snack. So uh, and they think Skinner's actually down for the count because uh, they blow up the cave that he's in, and it's all under like you know rubble of rocks and all that. So they're like, ah, Skinner's dealt with. But of course, we know he's not because he's back there. And they've they've assumed he's been dealt with before as well when they put him at the bottom of the lake. And... But nope. He's here. Uh, So, no, another solid chapter in the backstory as well. I think... uh, Part of me almost wishes that these were just two like separated stories and you read the first one first and then the second one second. Like... Because you, you, I mean, it's not, I mean, both stories are slightly less than a full issue's worth. They're both like, I don't know, 15 to 8, 18 pages each. And part of me does wish that it was just like an arc of the first one and then the second one, because I feel like going back and forth is a little bit awkward.
1: But do you know what it feels like? Is I get why they wanted to do it. They wanted to make sure you really establish who, who Skinner is as we go on, because you want it at the start of the book, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the two solutions were you do all the past stuff first, but the problem is that's not written by your main writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and alternatively i think maybe if this had been a little bit later what they would have done is uh just um have the the you know the the origin of, of, of skinner and all that sort of stuff that was going on as a as a separate mini series
0: yeah a separate mini series would have been fine uh maybe release it conc- concurrently with the second arc perhaps yeah whatever yeah uh that have been fun because I, I think like they're both really good stories the main story is really good and then the backup's almost as good and i just kind of wish that i could read it kind of separated so that the backup was just as one one you know continuous
1: but no i'm with you yeah. I, I i feel like it is a separate mini and obviously as we got further into the book they did start doing minis so maybe if if it had been that point they, they might have done that then
0: and i uh, you know and i i love both stories and i i think you know I'm, I'm glad the book didn't have backups after this it was just you know continuous from that point on but i had the separate minis which are fine uh because when you're reading them in trade later it, just, it just works better to read them together as a full story uh obviously superhero comics mess that up when you have all these crossovers so you have to maybe get a bit more creative but you know um but obviously really good still uh, art's fantastic proper horror book the violence looks great the slashing the blood the evil vampire faces uh you know sometimes they're very similar to the hit television show buff the vampire slayer and sometimes they're more kind of old school and sometimes they're more kind of suave there's kind of a nice mixture which is which makes a lot of sense because the book's whole point is that there's different breeds of vampire based on the lineage they come from so uh yeah. that's pretty neat
1: should mention as well snyder confirmed this week that he's working on more uh he's he put on twitter and he put a little screenshot of like the the, the thing he sent to you, know, albuquerque and the editors of you know hey you know this is this is what we're doing we're setting 1976 for this next period mm. um, i look forward to it if it ever comes out <laughs> i think it will because this is actually gonna it's 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 coming out under black label according to this
0: okay okay
1: um so it won't be solicited for a while because again un- unless things have changed in the studio's departure um they're not soliciting black-level things until they're all, you know, it's ready to go. Uh, presumably ARC at a time for this, or maybe they're doing it as a, just as a mini. And doing it as a series of minis, I don't know.
0: Um, I it should be a series of minis. I, I don't think, that, there's no way, that given how long it's taken to get back to it, I don't trust Snyder to keep an ongoing of this again.
1: No, I, I wouldn't either. Um, which I think is why they'll probably do it as a mini. Um he, he got, fine.
0: He got away with it with the, the original American Vampire series because he wasn't really doing anything else for those first you know however many issues you know he was he was doing this for a bit and then he got detective and he was doing that alongside but you know by the time he was doing batman and like you know like he was like a superman unchained alongside i think it's
1: about the time that that started coming in that it started slipping yeah because he was definitely doing batman alongside this for a while pretty consistently
0: yeah but once he started taking on any other project it started to really impact this and it wasn't just like dc stuff he was doing witches he was doing the wake he was doing uh severed all still, these other things
1: still want more witches <laughs> well, he claims we'll... it's coming at some point but
0: maybe one day maybe, maybe one, one day. day uh american vampire 4 is very good though it is a solid 8.5 out of 10 really good stuff uh so that takes on to the final book connor's last patreon pick for the month undiscovered country issue 3 which is also scott snyder but also it's charles issue is this your four sorry okay
1: it is i actually che- i know we had that whole thing at the start and i checked then and then just completely forgot to tell you so you could change it well go on then <laughs> um but yeah so we it, it picks up right where we left off destiny man's got you know the the crew and the the, the brother uh the, the the soldier brother has kind of come clean as being like a on his side been a bit of an informant um uh, and and destiny man's given a monologue um it's pretty good. It's talking about you know his his ideology. He's talking, you know, he he thinks America would have, was at its best in its, in its first century of existence when it was trying to survive and you know expand and grow. And he said, you know, America at its heart is a simple concept: live free or die." And uh, that's a pretty pretty relevant theme theme for the for the rest of this issue. And it's introduced on the on the very first page, so I have to give it a lot of credit for that. Um, just something that I know Snyder likes doing in general is introducing things on the first page and trying to kind of have that as to be. Some for the, the whole story, the run, or in this case, the issue. Um, uh, so I definitely feel that's come from him, not not Sol. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's still talking about you know, he wants to get this key and uh, uh, uh Greaves Graves, I think that thing is his name. Uh, he's got a plan basically, like hey, you know, you trade me the key, you give me the key, I'll go meet Uncle Sam and then you know, get the door, and then I'll tell you the door's location and give you the key back in exchange for safe, safe passage back home. Uh, and, and, you know, we get a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the others kind of buttoning in, the, the diplomats being like, hey, I'll offer you anything more. You know, you know, I represent all this really rich countries, You know, we I'll give you anything you want. Just just come and talk to me. And, you know, and Destiny Man's telling me, it's like, oh, no, no, you know, you'll go soon. But, you know, there's things that we need to know. And he talks about how Aurora cast him out and he had to prove himself worthy. And uh, it's, again, this idea of Aurora being kind of in charge of everything at the center of America. It's just about how, you know, America, you know, everything changed. And, and that's why people came here. They wanted to be changed. They wanted it to be something new. And, you know, and it does close-ups on the fact that he is pretty mutated. Like, he's got, like, a, a lobster claw for one hand. And the other hand, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a talon. Uh, uh, it looks a bit scaly, but it's, uh, maybe there's feathers as well. could be. It's like a claw talon hand. Um, it's pretty interesting. But he comes up to it, because he, he, he's got them all tied up. And he's like, all right, you know, but. Why were you chosen? And this is where we actually get to this issue's uh, flashbacks, because obviously each issue has been focusing on a different character and introducing them all via flashbacks and how they got here. And this is the the journalist character. And this one is probably the most relevant to its issue so far. Like Most of them have just been, okay, this is this character and it maybe has a little bit of thematic relevance. But this one is directly related to the plot of this issue, because we learn uh we're introduced to this, this journalist who she is and that she's got this little drone that she has programmed that protects her and does re- re- recon and, you know, and gets some stories for her and stuff like that um but she also wanted to know why was i chosen and why were the rest of us chosen and she's she's been doing digging obviously before they came and she found uh a a message uh, within the message so obviously we got the, the video message but there was also a a, t- a text element um it had you know, instructions, coordinates, other things, but it also had a list of names, and it's all their names who were on the mission, and it was signed by Aurora. So this Aurora uh, asked for them specifically, and that's you know a big mystery as to why, uh, which is very intriguing. Um, but um, on side we will get um, Destiny Man gives him the key. There's this really interesting contraption, like this box with like a hole in it, and he puts one of his talon fingers into the into the hole, and it snaps off. And it's eaten essentially, and then it opens up. And it's a, a golden nail. Uh, it's uh, the golden spike. It's um, it's a it's a a real ish thing. Um, it's from like you know the, the original like train lines in America. Like when it, when it when one of the big ones, um, the the first one across the continent uh, was completed, the final thing that they put in was this you know golden railroad spike, and that was the, the final one. And, you know, and they're like, well, this isn't a key. It's a railroad bike. And, and it's kind of like, no, in this place, these, this is a key. And it seems to be these, these symbolic things are the keys rather than, you know, physical objects being keys. It's, uh, this is symbolic of a time of America's history. And that, that seems to be really important here for this mystery, which is um, really interesting. But, uh, and, and this is where, okay, the, the flashback becomes relevant again because the, the, uh, the drone actually uh, rescues them. It sets them free. Um, so again you know live free or die and that's, uh, that's going on and they were like okay let's go Uncle Sam and let's do it and, and then we, we cut to Uncle Sam and he's giving his, his own rallying cry to his own followers and it's like oh, this, is, uh, this is our time you know, time for war uh, against the Destiny Man you know, we have to fight to protect our way out of the zone and walk the spiral together or freedom or glory it's the American way it's, it's time to do the one thing we know best the, the final page is him with a megaphone telling all his followers live free or die um, so I, I'm kind of getting the impression that he is actually trying to win Aurora's favor as much as Destiny Man is. Um, that, that's kind of what I'm getting is, you know, Destiny Man said he, oh, he was cast out because he, he, he wasn't following the ideals and had to prove himself. He had to live free or die and capture the true American spirit. And, uh, it really feels that's what, uh, Uncle Sam's doing here. And I mean, even the, the name, everything he wears, it, it, it all plays into that. Um, uh, it, it's interesting because he is very much, you yeah. Know, you know that, that the the old, uh, you know, well, we we need you poster that uh, with that face, that general, like it's that that's that's the design for this this character, and uh, it's uh, it's really interesting how it's playing into that that American culture as an idea of this you know this historical culture, but in this futuristic mutated world, uh, it gets it's really fascinating. Um, yeah, art's uh, art's great again. Um, uh, uh, no, nothing in particular stood out other than like. The really gnarly stuff like the, the talons snapping off in the box and uh yeah you know, that sort of stuff and just more mutated things like it's like these weird eyeball looking things that are rolling and eating through the roads that are dragging the cars instead of wheels. It's uh it's uh it's it's something, that's for sure. Um but yeah, no, this is a another really solid issue. It really opened up the mystery. And um I'm really to see where it goes. Uh this is a uh, give it an eight.
0: All right. Well, that'll wrap up the books and take us out of the part of the show we pick our favourite stuff of the week. We do our favourite panel slash moment, favourite art, favourite cover, and top five books. Uh, We'll start with panel slash moment. I'll just, I'll use Matt's as the the sort of jumping off point for each one. Uh, Matt's favourite moment was Finn turning on the sharks, or turning the sharks on the shark, (laughs) to be specific. Uh, Wasn't expecting that at all. Also, Green Arrow intro and uh, Leviathan Dawn, which I I also pointed out was really uh, atmospheric and cool. Uh, also joey's in her blast in first sector and bruce unmasking and white knight so he's got a few there you wanted to mention uh but finn using the sharks was his, his moment uh what's yours
1: um uh, that's cool i mean obviously all the ones that i read there i agree were, were great moments um I, i'm gonna go with the one from uh batman superman that i mentioned when we were talking about the book uh it's uh yeah race jumping out of the tree with the sword and superman grabbing it and and struggling with the the synthetic kryptonite um i loved that battle
0: yeah, I uh, I don't have an obvious answer for this one. Actually, there's, a, there's quite a few things that I could go to uh, this week. Um, you know, I, I'll I'll give you. I mean, I'm kind of picking uh, one that Matt mentioned, but more specifically, like I'm, I'm going to go with White Knight. Actually, uh, with Batman on the TV, but it's not so much the unmasking part; it's more him asking them to to let him be Batman one last time. Like he's asking permission. Uh, when he asked him to stay off the streets, there's some there's something I really love about a hero asking for people to believe in them. No, it's and... true
1: because like I love that. My second favorite moment of the week would have been later on in that issue where that's called back and you know and, and it it pulls out and reveals the streets are empty and you know the, yeah the people did trust him and I, I yeah I love that moment.
0: Yeah, I, I love stuff like that in superhero stories. So I'm going to give my moment of the week of that. Uh, and then best cover of the week, uh, Matt Pet Leviathan Dawn. That is in the running for me. Uh, uh,
1: I haven't seen it. Let me go and have a look because I'm intrigued now. That's
0: in the running. Uh, I think I'm going to pick though the uh, variant to Suicide Squad, uh, which is by Miko Soon. Uh, really pretty. It's uh, it's got like all these like targets with all the various characters in it, so sort i of giving them all a bit of a spotlight. Uh, with Deadshot kind of being the only one that's not in a target, which makes sense because he's the one with the target eye visor thingamajiggy, on a jiggy. So
1: yeah, that's pretty nice.
0: So I'll go with that one. Uh, Shazam variant was also in contention. Leviathan Dawn's regular cover was uh, pretty close. Uh, To be fair, Hella Risen's main cover by uh, Epting, also very good. That
1: is really nice. Uh, I I thought I liked the Shazam variant when it was smaller Then I clicked on it and I wasn't a big fan. (laughs) Um, As you do. uh, I'm I'm actually going to go with the Amethyst variant, uh, the Stephanie Hans one. Uh, Loved that. It was a gorgeous cover. Although I I do really like the uh, the, uh, Hella Risen uh, Epton cover as well, though. that is really nice.
0: Yeah. One that I thought I liked when it was small, but then when I clicked on it, not so much, was the uh, far sector variant. Yeah, I did that as well. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looked good on a thumbnail, but then when I looked, I was like, oh no, it's not quite.
1: Something about the face that just wasn't quite right. I not think. not
0: quite there uh all right cool and then that will take us on to best art of the week Matt uh said hard to pick between my Mal- uh pick but malieve just ekes out over murphy uh campbell and leo max deserve some love too. i mean i think those are the ones that are in contention really although you're probably going to go in with uh derrington but <laughs> uh,
1: honestly though there are a lot of good art this week because uh i mean I, I didn't read the malieve book obviously but i'm sure yeah it's malieve right uh leo max was great murphy was great i thought derrington was great obviously uh Quinona's for for Dial H was great, even though it was most subdued issue, Campbell. It was a good week of art. There's uh, no getting around that. Yeah, so what are you picking? I'm going to go with Darrington because, of course I am. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've driven me into it and now, now I just look like just, just going with it, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, let's see, I'm out of my leave over Murphy. I... Yeah, it is a rough week. I feel like all the ones Matt mentioned, are all kind of in contention. Uh, it's hard to kind of argue with, with those.
1: Should also have you know, Redondo from Suicide Squad as well.
0: <laughs> Which actually, I think it's my pick. I, th- I think Redondo's my pick. Oh,
1: uh, oh, well, the, the outside choice in the end. I, I Well, I, I just I'm
0: loving how consistent that book is, and I, I love Malieve on, like, I think Malieve if, like <laughs> for me, I think it's between Malieve and Redondo. I think they're the two for me that are fighting that out for number one. Uh, obviously Murphy, Campbell and Leo Max are all great and I love all their art, but uh, The two that are fighting out are, are Malieve and Redondo, but I'm going to go to Redondo, maybe just to be different from Matt, but uh, I love the art in that book. So, mm. there we go. And, uh, top five books of the week. This is Matt's top five. Leviathan Dawn at number one. Number two is Basketful of Heads. Number three is Suicide Squad. Number four is Curse of the White Knight. And number five is Far Sector. What is your top five, Connor? Uh, Number one is,
1: is Batman Superman. Um, number two number two suicide squad three white knight four dial h your hero and five fast sector
0: my number one is suicide squad my number two is leviathan dawn my number three is batman superman my number four No, number three is Basketful Head, sorry. Number four is Batman, Superman, and then number five is Far Sector. There you go. That's my top five. Uh, it's hard when there's 13 that I need to look at.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to actually really think about it, don't you?
0: I have to, like, rule out a lot of them and be like, well, I'm obviously not picking that, and I'm obviously not picking that, but uh, I mean, fifth place because kind I of went to a bunch of things because I gave quite a few books an eight, but uh, I think Far Sector is the one that just ekes out a little bit uh, this week versus the rest of them.
1: I was actually quite lucky in the sense I had one nine and then four 8.5s. Uh, so it was just a case of ordering the 8.5s. Mm. So, there you go. That is uh, the best stuff of the week. Uh, so, obviously, Matt will be back
0: next week. Do not worry. Although he did just message uh, me yesterday and tell, to tell me that it'll be missing an episode in April for WonderCon. He's going to WonderCon, so you'll have to scoop whatever weekend yeah, that is. That
1: WonderCon doesn't get cancelled. Uh, oh, yeah, coronavirus may stop the whole thing. That's that's true. Uh, Seen a lot of jokes about people telling everyone to uh, enjoy C2E2 because it'll be the last con of the year. Um... Maybe
0: everyone will be wearing masks at, like, WonderCon. They'll all, they'll all go in with the, the face masks.
1: I'm surprised they're not at this one, to be honest. I, I, I've seen pictures of like uh, like uh, Snyder and Gerards and King all wearing, like, gloves. And I... uh, everyone's going, absolutely no handshakes. That's fair. I get it. Um, there they, they were, like, a couple of weeks ago, people were going, well, we'll do we'll do fist bumps. And they're like, nope, not even fist bumps. We'll do finger guns. Be- be- best, say, better
0: safe than sorry. I mean, I know, like, uh, the Japanese wrestling promotion uh, New Japan uh they have literally just cancelled all of their events uh for march so they're just all gone
1: yeah it's kind of like, talking about, uh, like in gaming uh gdc was supposed to be like this coming month in march mm-hmm, yeah uh, rather than cancel it they did the most gaming thing ever and delayed it to q3 <laughs> uh so you know obviously these
0: are unfortunate things to deal with but i think they're all valid things we should do just to be in the safe side like i don't see the point in getting upset about any of this so just go for it
1: yeah uh, it sucks if, if it has to be cancelled but i mean that's life if it does
0: yeah I'd, I'd rather none of the creators i like or anyone else at the con for that matter uh, ends up dying because people were stubborn and said no we're not going to take this seriously uh but anyway <laughs> uh that is uh that is the book so i'll tell you what's coming next week uh from dc comics and uh, we have Some batman yeah we have batman issue 90 we have Daphne Byrne Issue Three, which we get, we dropped, but it is coming out still next week, of course. Uh, we have Flash Seven Fifty, which obviously will be the big centerpiece of next week's show for sure. Uh, Harley Quinn Seventy One is out, Justice League Forty Two is out, uh, Justice League Odyssey Number Nineteen, Lois Lane Nine. We have Strange Adventures Issue One, so we got Tom King's new highly anticipated book, uh, kind of following up from his uh from his uh. Mr. Miracle, i just try to remember the name there. Mr. <laughs> Miracle uh, book, you know, it's his next RA, FARTY, 12 issue series. Uh, we also have Superman Villains issue one, that is the one shot that follows up from the Heroes one shot that leads into the new Superman stuff that's going on uh, soon. Uh, and that's it. So it's not actually a, a big number of books, but one of them's 80 pages or 100 pages even, so plenty yeah, to talk about.
1: It's, it's only six books, but like I say, Flash 750 is huge and Strange Adventures will probably give us a lot to talk about and then also mm. i think suman villains is probably oversized
0: it is yeah so i mean it's a good week for the oversized books at least so i mean i can't fault them uh, on that part but, you
1: know
0: yeah it's, it's fine it's fine uh so that's what's coming next week but that does bring an end more or less to the de- uh, i was gonna say detective comics to comics from the multiverse episode 196 <laughs> so thank you very much uh, for, for joining us. Uh, you can, of course, let us know what you thought of uh, the books in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for updates, or indeed at DC Comics Podcast. Very useful to go there. That's all the DC Comics news and stuff retweeted uh, as much as I see it anyway. Uh, so you can go check out that. Uh, you can support us in a couple of different ways. You can do it for free by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and a little review. More people will find us that way. It gets higher in the rankings. You can support us financially over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv tv and get some bonuses for your troubles one dollar tier gets you some bonus episodes of some of our movie podcasts uh, for comic stuff specifically the five dollar tier does give you access to all of our comic podcasts one day early that's comics from the multiverse previously in the multiverse uh, it's worth mentioning as well i mean there's no point in promoting this really because this is going to be up uh in the first of the new month and the devotes is actually done today in fact i could probably announce the winner actually because it's kind of you know, late I in mean, the day. I mean,
1: we're like an hour and a half away from the end of February.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well I'm So I'll go look it up. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, so yeah, so there's a vote right now for Previously in the Multiverse for the $5 patrons uh, deciding what our seventh book on that show is going to be. If you're not familiar with Previously in the Multiverse, it's our comics podcast that's, that's a sister show that me and Connor do where we talk about uh, classic DC comic runs and we're working through a bunch. So the seventh slot uh, there was a vote for. And if I just click on my Patreon vote thingamajigs, uh, I'll tell you what is won. Uh, sort of live. I'm just, I am just, don't even know what's won, because I'm just I, checking this. I really this. hope
1: it's not a tie now, the <laughs> a three-way tie would be uh, quite amusing.
0: I'll find out in a second, won't I? Uh, so the winner is... Stephanie brownback girl is the winner. Uh, very close, though. Uh, I mean, not to bump people out who voted for it, but blue beetle was close like blue beetle the uh the post infinite crisis run was very close to to winning
1: i'm I'm a little bit disappointed because i've in the sense that i've 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 read stephanie brown back before i know i'm gonna enjoy yeah. that don't wrong but it would have been fun to read blue beetle
0: uh surprisingly though uh, secret six no votes really people just and i'm sure it's not because people don't like it i'm sure it's just that they all just happen to prefer one of the other options so no yeah. secret sex votes, but yeah. So Stephanie Brown Batgirl will be the seventh book on that, starting next week's episode. Because uh, yeah, next week's episode, right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Just keep a track because it's every other week. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, go go to your Patreon. Have a look and see if you want to support us that way. Uh, I will thank our Patreon producers as well. Just before we go, this is our. uh producers uh, th- that means that their patrons at $20 or above uh, so thank you to david short alison m 4 Days, cindy palisius tyler hess and talking superman thank you to you guys uh so there you go that has been caused from the multiverse thank you very much once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it look forward to match return next week but that is us so thank you once again keep reading dc comics guys and remember to never get lost in the speed force <laughs>